0: Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, March 8th, 2021. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID 19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. To keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID 19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today at our briefing. For the second week in a row, we have seen hopeful and steady declines in our COVID-19 case rates countywide. Finally, we're also starting to see a slow decline in mortality. With these steps forward, I wanna remind you that no matter what our case rates are, It's safe to see your doctor and go to an emergency room when you need to. New data shows that people are deferring really important primary care visits, even things like mammograms and other cancer screenings. Fight COVID by keeping yourself healthy and getting your routine specialty care. You'll be safe in a doctor's office and in the emergency room. And if you do feel sick, please know that you can still get a COVID testing. There are thousands of appointments available throughout the county. So don't assume it's just cold, get tested. These are free of charge and don't require an appointment in advance. And I also know that there are many questions about COVID vaccinations, like who can get them and where. And I'd like to commend Governor Gavin Newsom for allocating 40% of the state's vaccine supply to the hardest hits communities. With this plan, we can ensure that many highly impacted areas in the county, often where many of our essential workers live, would be prioritized for the vaccine. This means communities like Bell, Cudahy, Huntington Park, Southgate, and even East LA, which have some of the highest case rates and some of the lowest vaccination rates in the county, will begin to receive their fair share. We're committed to working with the state to ensure that these vaccines get to the most vulnerable residents and over just the last few weeks we've been focusing vaccination clinics and events at places like senior housing centers like Nueva Maravilla in East LA and just last Wednesday I launched a vaccination site with Saint John's Wellness and Family Center along with SEIU 721 at the East Los Angeles Civic Center and we're also working very recently with the Mexican consulate to provide vaccines to the Pico Union Latino community. And we've also partnered with the Department of Veterans Affairs to reach those veterans in hard to reach places in the San Gabriel Valley, like El Monte and West Covina. And anyone working in food and groceries, education, childcare, emergency services, and first responders, along with people over 65, and healthcare workers are now eligible for COVID vaccine. And as we move to vaccinate more people across the county, it's important to know when it is your turn. And if you're unsure about whether you're eligible, please visit vaccinatelacounty.com to check your eligibility and see a list of acceptable verification documents. And remember that all these vaccines are free. You do not need any health insurance and you will not be asked about your immigration status. And although you need to bring a photo ID, it doesn't necessarily have to be issued by a government. Any identification with your name and a picture will work, even if it's expired or from another country. Whether or not you were documented, whether or not your ID has expired, whether or not you have insurance, it doesn't matter. We just want you to be safe and we wanna get the vaccine to all those that are eligible. And we can't let our guard down. But with vaccines, masks, physical distancing, getting tested, and hand hygiene, we are getting closer and closer to putting this pandemic behind us. I've seen what happens when we act collectively to bring down cases. Because of your hard work and dedication, we not only made it through this devastating winter, but we're also starting to see case rates that could potentially see the county move into the red tier. With that carries the ability to enjoy more opportunities that haven't been available to us for months. If we're given the chance to begin reopening parts of our society, we must not misinterpret that as an opportunity to drop our guard. So let's remember to keep not only those uh, persons that we keep in mind that are close to us, but also to those around us. And in the meantime, I encourage you to take advantage of resources and activities offered by the County of Los Angeles. There are still ways that we can have fun and take care of ourselves during the pandemic. We wanna stay physically active. LA Department of Parks and Recreation offers free and low cost activities like virtual fitness classes at laparks.org. Looking to bring a furry friend home? You can adopt a pet through LA County Animal Care and Control. Working through these stressful times and anxiety, the L.A. Department of Mental Health provides a range of services to people of all ages to support their wellness and recovery. And all of these resources and more can be explored by going on, going to lacounty.gov or you can simply call 211 for more information. I know that these next few months won't be easy, not just for our physical and mental health, but for our economic well-being as well. This pandemic and the necessary closures and safety precautions to safeguard public health have enormous consequences for our business owners. And though some have had the resources to weather the crisis, others, especially small businesses, have not been so lucky. For them, national resources like the Paycheck Protection Program were a critical lifeline to help them keep their doors open and their employees on the payroll. But even with the program intended for our smallest businesses, many found themselves crowded out by those that had relationships with larger banks, who were able to get in the front of the line and get these reimbursable loans. There were many women-owned and minority-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, and many to help form the diverse fabric of our local communities that were not able to receive this assistance. That's why I now welcome President Biden's announcement that for two weeks beginning on February 24th, the Paycheck Protection Program would restrict enrollment to those with fewer than 20 employees. Those are the really small mom and pop shops. This allows lenders to focus on those that truly need it. And this temporary targeting expires in two days. This opportunity can make the difference between successfully navigating the coming months as we ramp up our vaccinations or face harsher economic realities. I strongly encourage any of our smaller businesses with fewer than 20 employees to apply right away and take advantage of the offer. And likewise, even contact our own county Consumer and Business Affairs. For more information, you you can go to 211. And finally, I want to address the recent surge in anti-Asian American hate incidents around the country. I've spoken about this issue before and during the COVID press conferences, even before the state of emergency was declared earlier this year. Now we find ourselves in a place where hate incidents continue to climb. Every day, it seems like there's a new story, particularly these against our API senior citizens. And right here in LA County, attacks have ranged from verbal insults to physical violence, with more than 800 incidents reported through the 211 hotline alone. The vast majority of hate incidents have gone unreported due to a variety of factors. So I want to encourage those who have experienced or witnessed an act of hate to please consider reporting through the 211 hotline or the website stopaapihate.org. We'll get you the services and support that you need and you can stay anonymous throughout the entire process. That's why the Board of Supervisors will consider a motion that I'll bring tomorrow to expand the county's anti-hate program. The need for the program is urgent and we need to protect all of us. Our diversity is our strength. So I wanna thank you. And now I'd like to introduce Dr. Barbara Ferrer, our Director of Public Health.
2: Thank you so much, Supervisor Solis and to the entire Board of Supervisors and good afternoon to everyone. The progress we continue to make in reducing transmission of COVID-19, moving forward in our recovery, attending to issues of disproportionality, and vaccinating our residents is in large part due to your tireless advocacy and outstanding leadership. As we mark International Women's Day, I wanna acknowledge what an honor it is to work for a County Board of Supervisors comprised of five powerful women who move forward the policies and practices that advance the conditions under which all women and girls thrive. Today, I'll be providing updates on our current efforts reducing transmission of COVID-19 in our county, as well as information about changes to the state's tier system and permitted reopenings. I'll share how LA County is preparing for the reopening of our classrooms for students in grades seven through 12. And lastly, I'll share information and updates about our efforts to vaccinate the groups that are now eligible. I'll take the first slide. I do wanna start by providing some information uh, about the CDC guidance that was released today. Uh, The new guidance states that fully vaccinated people can gather indoors with other fully vaccinated people in small groups without wearing masks or practicing physical distancing. Individuals, just as a reminder, are considered fully vaccinated two weeks or more after they've received the second dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine or two weeks or more after they've received the single dose of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Fully vaccinated people can also visit with unvaccinated people from a single household as long as all of the individuals in that household are at low risk for severe COVID-19 disease. And this can happen as well indoors without wearing masks or physical distancing. One of the best examples I can give about this is that fully vaccinated grandparents can visit with their unvaccinated grandchildren as long as their grandchildren do not have any serious health conditions. Fully vaccinated people, however, should continue to wear a mask and maintain physical distance in public. They should mask, physically distance, and practice all the other prevention measures when they're visiting unvaccinated people that are at increased risk for severe COVID-19 disease or who have even just one unvaccinated household member that's at increased risk for severe COVID-19 disease. And this means if you're around uh, multiple households uh, with people who are unvaccinated, you should again uh, maintain all of your uh, public health protections, wearing a mask, maintaining your physical distance. Uh, Fully vaccinated people should also continue to avoid medium and large-sized in-person gatherings. There's a growing body of evidence that fully vaccinated people are less likely to have asymptomatic infection and potentially, therefore, less likely to transmit COVID-19 to others. However, given the need for additional research, preventive measures such as masking and distancing will continue to be important during our vaccine implementation and dissemination. L.A. County And the California Department of Public Health are obviously reviewing the CDC guidance and will be updating our guidance uh, later on today and tomorrow. And now to to update you on our daily numbers. And as a reminder, case and death numbers reported on Mondays represent an undercount due to the weekend lag in reporting. We are sad to report today 13 additional people have passed away, which brings the total number of COVID-related deaths in LA County to 22,041. One person who died is over the age of 80 and had underlying health conditions. Four people who passed away are between the ages of 65 and 79, and all of the people in this age group had underlying health conditions. And five people who died are between the ages of 50 and 64, and all of these people also had underlying health conditions. Three people who died are between the ages of 30 and 49, and none of the people in this age group had underlying health conditions. Our thoughts are with every person who has lost a loved one from COVID-19 this past year. We all mourn uh, together each unique, special person that passed away, and we send our deepest sympathies to their families and friends. We're reporting 880 new cases today, which brings the total number of cases in LA County to uh, 1,204,018. These cases include 51,475 total cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and 10,983 cases reported by the city of Pasadena. We're reporting that there are 1,132 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19 and 31% of the people who are hospitalized are in the ICU. We've investigated now a total of 4,930 residential congregate settings, and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. We have ongoing investigations at 567 sites, and we've closed out 4,363 investigations. The total confirmed cases in institutional settings is now 95,482, including 39,593 confirmed cases, among residents and 55,889 confirmed cases among staff. To date, over 5.9 million people have been tested and had test results reported in LA County. And the cumulative positivity rate remains 19%. I'll take the next slide. The seven day average number of daily cases by episode date uh, has continued to decrease as you can see. And as of February 28th, It's about 700 new cases a day. We have returned to daily case numbers that are now what we call our pre-surge levels. And this is wonderful news, but it's critically important to remember that continuing declines are not inevitable. And all around the country, we now have examples of states that are starting to experience increase in cases. LA County does not exist in a bubble. And we have learned that when cases across other parts of the country increase, California can follow. So we can't afford to be complacent in our collective efforts to slow transmission. While vaccines provide a powerful additional layer of protection, we don't yet have enough people vaccinated to prevent another disastrous increase in cases, unless we're all gonna remain committed to using the other tools that we have, masking, distancing, and hand washing, whenever we're around others, not in our household. This is particularly important as we prepare to move forward in our recovery journey and begin to plan for additional reopenings. I'll take the next slide. Now, this graph shows our trend lines of cases, hospitalizations and deaths from March 1st, 2020 through February 28, 2021. And you can see all three of our metrics continue to decline, but we are entering the time of the year when students are on spring break and where we're preparing to celebrate spring holidays like Passover and Easter. So please resist the temptation to travel or gather with many other people that you don't live with. The Thanksgiving and winter holidays provided us with ample evidence about the dangers of travel and gatherings. We've made a great, we had made great progress late summer and early fall, and we lost a lot of ground over the holidays. The consequences in our community were horrific. It's estimated that one out of every three county residents knows someone that they were close to who passed away or was hospitalized with serious illness from COVID-19. Given how close we are to getting millions more doses of vaccines delivered to county vaccination sites, let's do our very best to keep each other alive so that everyone has an opportunity to add this additional layer of protection. We are not yet on the other side, but we are getting close. I'll take the next slide. Last Friday, the state announced updates to their blueprint for a safer economy. In addition to assessing county case rates, positivity rates, and positivity rates in neighborhoods uh, with the lowest scores in the Healthy Places Index, the state is now taking into consideration the number of vaccinations that have been administered in the lowest resource neighborhoods statewide. Unlike the other three metrics, vaccination numbers will be calculated statewide but they'll be used to change the case rate threshold for counties to move from one tier to another. Once 2 million vaccine doses have been administered in the state to people in the communities with the lowest score in the Healthy Places Index, the threshold to move from the purple tier to the red tier will go from seven new cases per 100,000 people to 10 new cases per 100,000 people. To move to the orange tier, the threshold would remain at four cases per 100,000 people, and movement to the yellow tier will also uh, maintain the same threshold at one case per 100,000 people. But once 4 million vaccine doses have been administered in the state to communities with the lowest score in the Healthy Places Index, the threshold to move from purple tier to the red tier remains the same at 10 per 100,000 people, But the threshold will change from moving to the orange tier, from four new cases per 100,000 residents to six new cases per 100,000 people. And to move to the yellow tier, the threshold will change from one new case per 100,000 residents to two cases per 100,000 people. This obviously has significant implications for LA County. The state anticipates administering 2 million doses to residents in hard-hit communities by the end of this week. Last week, the case rate in LA County was below 10 new cases per 100,000 residents. If this week's adjusted case rate remains below 10 new cases per 100,000 people, our understanding is that within 48 hours of the state announcing the vaccine trigger has been met, LA County, along with other counties with qualifying case rates, would be moved into the red tier and permitted to reopen uh, for additional activities. We'll be working with the Board of Supervisors and our sector partners to prepare appropriate modifications to the health officer orders that reflect our move to the red tier. I'll take the next slide. On Friday, the state also announced a plan to permit the reopening of outdoor sporting events, live outdoor concerts and theme parks, beginning on April 1st. Starting April 1st, outdoor sporting events and outdoor live concerts will be permitted with significant capacity and infection control modifications. For counties in the purple tier, capacity at these outdoor events would be limited to 100 people or less. Reservations will be required and concessions will not be allowed. Only people who live in the region where the event is taking place would be permitted to attend. Once in the red tier, these outdoor events can open at 20% capacity, limited to in-state visitors only. Concessions would be allowed only while seated. As counties move to less restrictive tiers, you can see on this graph, the allowed capacity increases. Theme parks can also open for counties in the red tier starting April 1st at 15% of capacity with in-state visitors only. And as counties move into less restrictive tiers, the allowed capacity again increases. Public health is working with the Board of Supervisors and our sector partners to plan safe reopenings in LA County at these newly uh, reopened venues uh, once we get to April 1st, um, depending on which tier uh, our county is in at that point. I'll take the next slide. As we plan to move into the red tier where additional reopenings will be permitted, we're looking closely at the science to understand what practices can help reduce community transmission of COVID-19. A recent study published by the Centers for Disease Controls, Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Review, studied the impact of state policies related to mask use and the allowance of on-premise dining at restaurants from March through December of 2020. The study looked at the relationship between county growth rates of cases and deaths and their masking and on-site dining policies. And they looked at this across 3,142 counties. The study found that allowing on-site dining at restaurants was associated with significant increases in case growth rates within 41 to 60 days after reopening, and increases in death rates 60 to 100 days after restrictions had been lifted. Mask mandates were also associated with statistically significant decreases in county-level daily COVID-19 case and death growth rates within 20 days of implementation. Allowing on-premises restaurant dining was associated with increases in county-level case and death growth rates, Um, and and that's something uh, that we'll need to take into account as we begin uh, more reopenings uh, in our restaurants. Mask mandates and prohibiting on-premise dining at restaurants have been shown, certainly between that time period, to limit potential exposures to the virus, and that resulted in less community transmission. The evidence that masking slows transmission and saves lives is solid. And until almost everyone is vaccinated, we're going to continue to rely on required mask wearing when around others in public spaces as we're moving through our recovery journey. I'll take the next slide. We're also preparing for schools to be permitted under the red tier to open for on site learning for grades seven through 12. These are for students in grades seven through 12. As schools prepare for these students to return, they need to have an updated state COVID-19 safety plan, that's what we call a CSP, and that includes the Cal OSHA COVID-19 Prevention Program and the California Department of Public Health COVID-19 School Guidance Checklist posted to the school or the district website no less than five days before the planned opening date. So for example, if the first date, the state is gonna permit grades seven to 12 to open in LA County was March 17th, then a school or district would have to post their completed updated uh, CSP to their website no later than March 12th, in order to open for students in grades seven through 12 on March 17th. Updating this uh, COVID safety plan refers to those schools or districts that have already posted and submitted these plans to state and county public health for our review and approval to open for in-person instruction. Schools that don't have, these schools uh, do not have to submit or resubmit the community safety plans uh, when the county's in the red, red tier in order to open for grade seven through 12, but they do have to post them publicly uh, on their websites and ensure that any revisions that are needed uh, corresponding to expanding the reopening to include grades 7 through 12 have been made. So I know there's confusion on this, um, but schools that already have an approved safety plan do not need to resubmit for approval their safety plan if they're expanding to now uh, go ahead and open for in-classroom instruction for students grade 7 through 12. They just need to update that plan and post it um, in terms of the, the um the COVID safety plan. But they do have to file an updated LA County reopening survey and an updated LA County reopening protocol uh, to us for at least least five days before the proposed reopening date for grades 7 through 12. The survey is a simple online form that allows us to track reopening progress across the county and enables us to contact each school to offer technical assistance and site visits that support the safe reopening. A separate survey must be filled out for each school that is reopening. The reopening protocol must also be posted to your school or district website and prominently displayed at the actual school site. A separate protocol does need to get filed as it always has for each school that's reopening. It's strongly recommended that schools and districts have a qualified engineer evaluate the functioning of their HVAC system, whether that's someone already on your staff or it's an outside contractor, to ensure optimal ventilation before your school buildings are reopened uh, for in-classroom instruction for students. Uh, Local guidance regarding the size and makeup of stable groups uh, for grades seven through 12 will be available within the next 24 hours, as will our updated Uh, TK through grade 12 school reopening protocols. I'll take the next slide. I do want to provide a quick update on our current overall efforts to vaccinate residents and workers in LA County. Uh, As you know, as of March 4th, we had administered 2,415,460 doses of vaccine across the county. Of these, 814,593 uh, were second doses. That means that almost one million people are, are fully vaccinated. Currently, people who are eligible for the vaccine include healthcare workers, residents and staff at long-term care facilities, people ages 65 and older, education and child care workers, food and agriculture workers, and emergency service workers, and law enforcement. Uh, as on March 15th, uh, we will be expanding eligibility to include people uh, with a limited uh, set of serious uh, health conditions, uh, per the state's guidance, uh, while the current data system doesn't let us assess by occupation who's been vaccinated, we do know that as of last week, 58% of LA County residents 65 and older have received at least one dose of the vaccine, and 30% have have received both doses. Many thanks to all of our older residents for getting vaccinated. And deep appreciation to the families, friends, and vaccination site workers who made this all possible. As a reminder to residents 65 and older uh, who have not yet been vaccinated, please uh, go ahead and try to make your appointment as soon as you can. Many neighborhood pharmacies are now offering appointments, and you are qualified. You can also call our call center at 833 540 0473 between 8 a.m and 8.30 p.m. seven days a week if you're unable to use the web-based appointment system. Next slide. Uh, The state set a requirement that at least 40% of vaccine doses in any county, including ours, this week must be distributed in communities with the lowest scores in the Healthy Places Index. In L.A. County, we've met and exceeded this goal. This week, more than 55% of county distributed doses are going to sites vaccinating people living in the hardest-hit communities. And you can see on this map, LA County is broken down by the Healthy Places Index. The areas in darker blue are the neighborhoods that are in the lowest quartile of HPI scores. And you can see these neighborhoods are concentrated in South Central and East LA, the Antelope Valley, East Valley, East San Gabriel Valley, and East San Fernando Valley. We've worked with many partners and providers to create a variety of vaccination sites in these areas that have uh, low resources. Uh, As we've presented throughout the pandemic, these are also the areas that have seen the most devastation from the virus, and they continue to be home to people who are at serious risk of illness and death from COVID-19. There's over 150 sites in the neighborhoods that have been the hardest hit. Um, And our hope is uh, that we'll be able to really uh, make sure that the folks uh, getting vaccinated at these sites are in fact residents and workers uh, who live or work uh, in these neighborhoods. Next slide. A lot of these sites are in fact what we call restricted or closed uh, vaccination sites to try to make sure we're reaching the uh, the hardest hit folks. Um, This table does show the summary of the weekly distribution for this week of COVID-19 vaccines by what we call site type. Uh, You can see there's over 375 vaccination sites receiving a portion of the 312,690 total doses that are allocated to the county of LA for this upcoming week. This table does not include the doses, and I think there's over 100,000 of these, that are allocated directly from the federal government to some county pharmacies, to federally qualified health centers, and to the Cal State FEMA vaccination site. Nor does it include doses that are allocated by the state to what we call the large multi-county entities, such as Kaiser and UCLA. Over 64,000 doses will be administered through the seven county sites. The city of LA will be vaccinating 54,000 people through their five sites. Our federally qualified health centers are administering over 60,000 doses, and our pharmacies are administering over 40,000 doses. We do continue to increase allocations to the community sites in the hardest-hit areas to make sure that providers are serving residents in these communities and they're able to vaccinate more people. This week's allocation of 48,000, over 48,000 doses to mobile teams has significantly increased since last week because we have more teams able to set up pop-up sites to help those with limited mobility in our hard hit neighborhoods. Across vaccination providers, there's much more capacity to vaccinate and you can see that on this table. This week alone, there are over 626,000 appointment slots that are available. And even with our increased doses, we've only had enough doses for about 312,000 appointments. Our large capacity vaccination sites alone could provide almost 200,000 additional doses this week if we had additional supply. Next slide. Out of the 312,000 doses received this week, 38% of our doses, or 119,200 doses, are allocated for second doses that are due this week. The remaining 193,490 doses are allocated for first appointments using sector proportional distributions. About 21% of our first dose supply is for the education sector. About 4% of first doses are being allocated to to the emergency services sector. 24% of first doses are going to food and agricultural workers, and about 26% of doses are allocated for people ages 65 and older, These sector-specific allocations are going to restricted or closed pods. There's an additional 26 percent of doses uh, that are allocated for anyone that's currently in Phase One A or Phase One B who's eligible to be vaccinated. The 54,000 Johnson and Johnson one-dose vaccines are being used this week at many community clinics, pharmacies, hospitals city and county sites, and with our mobile teams. I'll take the next slide. I wanna share with you a few updates on how we're working to vaccinate people who are currently eligible uh, to be vaccinated. For people who are ages 65 and older, one of our remaining concerns is reaching homebound people and making sure that they have access to the vaccine. We're working with city fire departments and health plans to identify these folks so that we can make sure teams are getting out Uh, to make sure uh, they can be vaccinated. Uh, For our food and agriculture sector, we continue our collaborations with unions, professional associations, community-based organizations, and faith-based organizations to reach people and register them for vaccine. Uh, We have sector-specific days at our large capacity pods, and we're working to coordinate worksite clinics and mobile teams that can reach workers while they're at their jobs. As I've mentioned before, there are many ways that workers can verify their eligibility for the vaccine and that none of them require a government-issued photo ID. We're also making sure that information on getting vaccinated is available in both linguistically and culturally appropriate portals. For the emergency services sector, we're continuing to assist on defining eligible roles in this category. And now we're working with courts, with the Department of of uh, Public Works and other organizations to make sure that people who are eligible know that they're eligible and are able to get vaccinated. Uh, This is all, again, based on sector-specific definitions that the state has given us. In the education and early childcare sector, we continue to have a specific day at our large capacity pods that's designated to vaccinate people who work in independent schools and early childcare. Uh, We're also providing doses to their partners who are vaccinating school districts. This work does require tremendous coordination and collaboration. And I do want to thank everyone who's playing a role in getting members of eligible groups vaccinated uh, this week and uh, moving into next week and the week after as well, because this will take us a while. As a reminder, we have uh, really millions of people who are eligible at this point to get vaccinated. Um, I'll take the next slide. As we did last week, uh, we've scheduled sector-specific days at our county vaccination sites with restricted clinics for eligible groups. Today, on March 8th, and on Tuesday and Thursday this week, appointments at the county sites are for people working in the food and agriculture sector. On Wednesday, there are appointments available at restricted clinics at the county sites for people working in emergency services. On Friday, there are appointments at the county sites for people who are 65 and older, And on Saturday, there are appointments at the county large capacity vaccination sites for people who are working in early care and education. On Sunday, appointments will be available for people who work at independent schools. And also we have some um, restricted clinics for farm workers. At the hundreds of other vaccination sites across the county, including the pharmacies and many community clinics, appointments are open to any LA County resident or worker that meets the eligibility requirements. Please note that at this time, appointments are only available for LA County residents 65 and older and workers in eligible sectors. We are not able to vaccinate other non-eligible residents and workers at this time. Please go to vaccinatelacounty.com or vacunatelosangeles.com for more information on who is eligible and how to make an appointment if it's your turn and to get information on what verifications you'll need when you show up for your vaccine. As a reminder, vaccinations are always free and open to eligible residents and workers, regardless of immigration status. In closing, I do wanna reemphasize that we're at a point in the pandemic where we have a great deal of optimism. We're making progress on vaccinating our residents, our workers, cases and hospitalizations and deaths are decreasing. And we're likely to move into a less restrictive tier very soon. In order for us to maintain progress, we do need to continue making slowing transmission a central part of our day-to-day lives. And this does mean choosing not to travel and choosing not to gather with large numbers of people we don't live with. It also means wearing a mask and keeping distance when we're outside of our home and around others. We need to keep this positive momentum going so all of our children can return to school with as much safety as possible. And we can all do our part to prevent illness and save lives. Thank you. And now Dr. Christina Galley will
3: provide updates from
2: the Department of Health Services.
3: Good afternoon, everyone. I'll provide brief updates and then we'll take questions. Uh, As Dr. Ferrer mentioned, the number of patients that are hospitalized with COVID keeps going down. And as this happens, hospitals are continuing to increasingly balance the care of patients with COVID who are still there in the hospital, along with their vaccination efforts, and many are actively taking part in vaccination campaigns, and also the need to bring non-COVID patients back for those non-essential surgeries and procedures that were put on hold during the surge. As Supervisor Solis shared, we do encourage people to reschedule their visits or their procedures that might have been canceled or rescheduled during the surge. Preventive services, primary care services are very important. And while they did need to be put on hold for a period of time when the hospitals were overwhelmed in January, we want people to come back for those services as much as possible now. People shouldn't delay their care any longer than necessary. Also, if your your symptoms or your situation is urgent or emergent, please also know that the 911 system and the emergency departments and acute care hospitals are here for you, and we want people to utilize those services when necessary. For the DHS hospitals, our four hospitals, for the first time in months, the number of patients that we are caring for with COVID-19 has dipped below 100. This has allowed us to return the staff that were deployed to the inpatient units back to their home facility and home units. We've also been able to close four of the seven quarantine and isolation sites that were operated by DHS's Housing for Health unit. And at the same time, DHS has ramped up vaccination efforts for the populations that we serve. So in addition to vaccinating our healthcare workforce that works for DHS, we have also provided vaccine for those who are eligible among the patients that we care for within our delivery system. This includes providing over 33,000 doses of vaccine for our patients that are seen in the DHS hospitals and clinics, over 600 doses for inmates in the LA County jail system who are eligible to date, and over 2,300 doses to persons experiencing homelessness who are eligible, as well as the healthcare workers that serve them. As a physician, I hear a lot of concerns about various vaccines, especially from people who are concerned about the safety of the vaccine and also about which of the three now available vaccines might be the best one to receive. And I wanna reassure you that all of the three vaccines have been thoroughly tested for safety as well as for their effectiveness in thousands and thousands of individuals and they've been shown to be safe. And while the vaccines do differ slightly, the ways in which they are the same are much greater and much more important than the ways in which they are different. They are similar in the attribute that matters most, and that's their ability to prevent the most serious courses of illness with COVID and the ability to prevent death. I urge you to get a vaccine, regardless of which one it is, as soon as you are eligible. Any of the three vaccines that you get is the right one because it will substantially reduce the likelihood that you will need to be hospitalized because of an infection with COVID or that you will die from COVID. It's important to also remember that while it will take a while for everyone to get their vaccine, COVID testing still needs to be a necessary part of our lives so that we can quickly identify new infections and suppress them before they become a risk to the broader community and risk ramping up into another surge. The news of the continued decline in test positivity is extremely good and encouraging. It's the biggest piece of evidence that the transmission of COVID has truly subsided within our communities. And as this transmission declines, naturally fewer people will seek testing because there's fewer people who have symptoms of COVID and fewer people who were close contacts with a confirmed case. All that said, testing should still be forefront in people's minds. While the transmission is low, the virus is still there among us. It has not gone away entirely and it can quickly start to spread again if it's given a chance. And testing is one important part of the overall strategy along with the other core public health prevention uh, attributes and, and steps that are needed to keep transmission low because it allows someone to isolate and also notify other people that they came in contact with that they might've been exposed so that those people can quarantine and get tested themselves. So given that even with the decline in hospitalizations and the decrease in test positivity, and even with the rollout of the vaccine, we're continuing to expand testing access points within those communities that are the hardest hit. Because we know that it's crucially important for people to be able to get a test easily when they need one as announced last week, testing appointments are no longer required at the 18 county run sites. They're also no longer required at the city operated sites. We're also making testing more available and accessible in the course of the daily life that people go through, through places like pop-up sites in places such as parks and in grocery stores. We have a total currently of 20 active pop-up sites across the county and they come in three varieties. So first, there's pop-ups with our partner CORE that are walk-up sites and they're generally located in large parks or churches. And we move those around every couple of weeks to meet the need in different communities. Examples of those are one in Magic Johnson Park, one at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Altadena. We also have kiosk and van-based pop-ups that we do do in partnership with Fulgent. We locate these in communities with high test positivity rates and locations with high foot traffic, such as the one at the USS Iowa, Plaza Mexico, and Wingate Park. The kiosks generally stay in one location for a month or so, depending on the testing need and the positivity rate in that local community. And the vans come and go to various sites on a daily basis, depending on testing need. And finally, we have pop ups in partnership with OptumServe, including a drive through and several walk ups that are located mainly in Antelope Valley and El Monte. And they stay there for a month or so. We also have a bus that does walk up testing and that moves around to various parks every single month. As always, all these sites, as well as many others, are listed on the county COVID testing website. So please go there for the latest information. And remember that testing allows us to put out those little fires before they become a potential outbreak within Los Angeles County. So please, if you are sick, if you have symptoms of COVID or you're worried about an exposure, please get tested. If you do test positive, you do need to isolate and tell your contacts and help them quarantine and help them be able to get access to testing. This is how we stop the virus from spreading. And we also want people to get tested even if they think they might've had an exposure. This will help us keep the transmission low. And this applies even if you don't necessarily have symptoms. So please go to the county website if you need more information. You can also visit your provider or your health plan as testing is much more widely available through the established health system. We'll now take questions. Our first question will come from the line of Ron Lynn. Ron, your microphone is unmuted. Please go
0: ahead. Hi, Dr. Supervisor. Thanks so much for speaking with us. Uh, Dr. Ferrer, um, I've noticed a dramatic slowing in daily reported cases down this week over last week down by only 2 percent. Previously, there was a 19 percent week-over-week drop. Is this a cause for concern? Second, um, do you expect uh, that we'll get more vaccines because of the state's commitment to send 40% of the vaccine supply to underserved communities? And um, and if so, how many? And finally, with middle schools and high schools eligible to reopen soon, I understand you're a former high school principal. Can you talk gener- generally about some of the public health challenges associated with reopening secondary schools as opposed to elementary schools? Thanks.
2: Sure, thanks. Um, Ron, I'm not sure I understood the first question about the cases, so let me just go to the second and and third questions and then try to come back and and figure out what that was. Um, uh, You know, the state allocations, uh, the algorithm that they use, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I do believe that because we have uh, higher rates, frankly, of, of poverty here and communities that, you know, really have been very hard hit, uh, my understanding is we are getting slightly more doses allocated and that ought to continue uh, in the near future while this algorithm is being used to drive allocations uh, to LA County. Um, and all counties benefited uh, this week with the additional allocation of Johnson & Johnson doses, but we're not sure whether there are going to be additional uh, Johnson & Johnson doses for the next two weeks. Um, and that would have a huge impact on On what happens here in LA County, because we got about 54,000 doses of uh, Johnson and Johnson, and that was, you know, really at this point a bonus for us, uh, and dramatically increased uh, what we normally get, and we're able to uh, distribute uh, this week. In terms of reopening high schools, yes, you know, I I was a high school uh, principal uh, for a few years, and I do know uh, that the challenges uh, to reopen in high schools and even in junior high is going to be more significant than it is. In our elementary schools. I mean the biggest issue is in the elementary schools it's really easy to keep people in relatively stable groups Uh, and you know intermingling with lots and lots of people is uh, what makes it easier for this virus to spread. Uh, And in high schools and in junior high that intermingling uh, is going to be a lot harder uh, to manage. Uh, We are working on a series of strong recommendations for junior high and high schools around creating stable groups it won't be the 20 to 25 students uh, that you often see in the in the elementary school grades Uh, but i do think you can create stable groups with you know somewhere between 60 and 100 students and you keep those students pretty much aligned in their groups uh, during the day i mean obviously i want to be real about this is uh all of these students now are also participating or many of them in some extracurricular activities outside of the school day, and there's more intermingling that goes on there. So the biggest protections we're going to have are sort of following all of the other rules uh, that you know we, we've been stressing over and over and over. You know, when students are in school, there has to be a lot of distancing in those classrooms. there has to be good ventilation. People have to wear their face coverings at all times. Uh, you really don't want um, to have um, tons of intermingling, Around meal times, uh, snack times, you know, avoid as much as possible uh, having people together inside where they can't wear their face coverings. Uh, you're going to have to have a lot of cleaning, sanitation, access to uh, easy access to hand washing, um, and we're going to recommend that you you think wisely uh, about the way you use time for students at school. Uh, to avoid any situations where there's going to be crowding in the halls, crowding when students come in, crowding when students leave, and then acknowledging that as students go and perhaps they're doing now uh, sport activities, they're on sport teams, or they're even in club activities that are happening after school, uh, that as much as possible, all of that needs to happen outdoors. Everyone needs to wear a face covering uh, all of the time, unless you know the sport. Uh, really calls for some moments during a game where you're not using that Um, or else we just are going to see more cases in our schools. And, you know, more cases in the schools uh, means more outbreaks in the schools and more outbreaks in the school means the possibility of needing to close schools down to get control over those outbreaks. So, you know, I think everybody who's going to work in schools is going to do their very best to make uh, these places as safe as possible. But I want to emphasize You know, you're not going to return to a school that looks like what it did uh, when you left that school building in March. Whether you're in kindergarten or whether you're in 12th grade, uh, the setting is going to look very different. Um, But thanks for that.
3: We have time for one more question, and that question will come from the line of Claudia Pesciuta. Claudia, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, I just want to know. Ron's question was, Are you, do you think it's a cause for concern that the declines that we're seeing on a daily basis are shrinking? Um,
0: oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> and, and then I'll jump in with my questions. Um, so do you think LA County could be moving to red as early as March 15th? And if, if uh we do go to red does the county plan to lift all restrictions as allowed under red immediately or is it going to phase in the reopenings and then uh is there any update on the variant and any plans to expand sequencing given the growing concern about them thank you
2: yeah thanks um and and thanks for clarifying i'm so i'm sorry ron i, I wasn't really uh capturing everything you had said for the first question um is the decline in cases a cause for concern i mean I, you know, I, I don't think it's a cause for concern as long as we continue to see a decline. I think it becomes, you know, if we had a huge, huge increase and then we had a very steep decline and we and we needed that very steep decline and we needed it to come because we had such a steep increase. Um, I didn't anticipate that we would stay with such a steep decline, um, I, but I do wanna um, impress upon all of us that uh, we would love to continue to see a decline, and not to be settling right now. I think the issue is, you know, uh, are we settling at about, you know, what may be slightly under 1,000 cases a day, uh, maybe even less, we'll have to wait and see where we land this week, uh, or are we continuing to see a, a slow but steady decline? Our hope is that it's a slow and steady decline. In, in order to move into uh, other tiers, uh, you know, not the red tier, which I'll get to in a second, but into orange or yellow, a county would need to see uh, continued decline in cases. So the recovery journey depends on the continued decline. Um, so I it's not, I'm concerned that it's not as steep, but I do want to say we got to continue to do our work to slow the spread, or again, our recovery journey gets, um, you know, gets thwarted. Um, I do think it's it's highly likely that we will become eligible for the red tier, uh, maybe before uh, the middle of next week. It, it may happen anytime, uh, after we actually. Uh, become eligible because of meeting the state threshold for those 2 million uh, admi- those two million doses being administered to people in the hardest-hit communities. As soon as that happens, L.A. County, I think, uh, will be moved into the red tier because our numbers were low last week. They were at seven, and I anticipate they'll be at seven. New cases are lower this week. Two weeks of qualifying metrics then allows the state to move that county uh, into the red tier. Um, And yes, we are working uh, with the Board of Supervisors and all of our sectors uh, to plan for uh, what will be a sensible and safe reopening uh, as permitted uh, by the state, but as appropriate uh, for our county. And we'll be sure to share that information uh, not only with all of you, but really importantly with all of the sectors. Uh, in a very timely way later on this week. So we're working at looking through all of the new documents that the state has issued, um, all of the new opportunities that the state issued and trying to uh, work with the board and with our sectors uh, to make a a reasonable plan about how we move forward. The one area where we've been clear because there is a need for a lot lot of planning is that um, the state will, once we're in red, permit students to go back to school uh, in grades seven through 12, if that's a decision of a school or a district. And uh, and we are aligning uh, completely uh, with the state's recommendation there. So, you know, schools, I want to be clear that for schools, uh, you know, absolutely what the work is we've been meeting with you uh, for the last couple of weeks to really define that reopening opportunity. Uh, and we're going to continue working with schools, districts and schools this week, uh, as we clarify uh, the last uh, remaining issues that are on the table in terms of our protocols for the, those reopenings. So, but thank you for that. And variants, we'll we'll be talking about variants um, on Wednesday with an update. You know, we update every every Wednesday. We update on the variants and the sequencing. Um, we'll, you know, the federal government is doing a lot more sequencing, as is the state. Um, and other private labs. So I think we have a good sense of what's circulating now in LA County, and I'll do an update on Wednesday because I don't have the numbers uh, ready for today. So thank you for those questions.
3: Thank you. And if you do not have an opportunity to ask your question, please submit your inquiry to the email address listed in the chat box. And now we will transition to remarks in Spanish, turning it over to Supervisor Hilda El Solis. Please go ahead.
1: Sí, muchas gracias. Buenas tardes a todos. Por la segunda semana consecutiva, hemos visitado menos que casos de COVID-19 en todo el condado. Y es bueno reportar que también hay menos personas falleciendo. Les quiero recordar que es importante ver a su médico y a ir a emergencia cuando lo necesita. Muchos no están tomando sus mamografías y otras pruebas de detección del cáncer y otras enfermedades. Por favor, no espere para buscar atención. Y si se siente enfermo, toma la prueba de COVID-19. Tenemos miles de citas disponibles en todo el condado y son gratis y no necesitan una cita. No pierda tiempo. Si es gripe, hágase la prueba. También Sí que hay muchas preguntas sobre las vacunas de COVID como quiénes pueden recibirlas y dónde. Les quiero dar las gracias al gobernador Newsom por asignar a la 40 percent de vacunas de el estado a las comunidades más impactados. Esto es uh, muy bueno para noticias para ciudades como en mi distrito de Bell, de Cudahy, Huntington Park, Southgate y el este de los ángeles van a recibir su parte justa estamos comprometidos a trabajar con el estado para asegurar que las vacunas llegan a nuestros residentes más vulnerables durante las últimas semanas hemos concentrado las clínicas móviles en lugares como nueva maravilla en el este de los ángeles el miércoles pasado lancé un sitio de vacunación con saint john well child y familia Center ESCIU 721 en el Centro Cívico del Este de Los Ángeles. También estábamos trabajando con el Consulado de México para dar vacunas en la comunidad de Pico Union MacArthur Park y nos asociamos con el Departamento de Asuntos de Veteranos para ayudar a los veteranos en la Valle de San Gabriel como por ejemplo en la Ciudad de El Monte y Huescovina. Cualquier persona que trabaja en alimentos y agricultura, educación, cuidado de niños, servicios de emergencia, junto con personas mayores de 65 años y trabajadores de salud, ahora son elegibles para una vacuna. Si quiere confirmar si es elegible, llama a 211, por favor. También pueden obtener más información sobre sobre los documentos de verificación aceptables y recuerde las vacunas son gratis no ocupa seguro médico y no les van a preguntar sobre su estado migratorio y aunque debe traer una identificación con un foto no es necesario que sea por el gobierno cualquier identificación con su nombre y foto es aceptable incluso si está vencida de otro país no podemos bajar la guardia Pero con las vacunas, tapabocas y la distancia física y las pruebas, estamos cada vez más cerca de dejar atrás esta pandemia. Con las tasas de casos bajando, es posible que el condado se mueve el nivel rojo. Solo necesitamos mantenernos fuertes por un poco más tiempo. Sí, y sé que vuelvan a abrir partes de nuestra sociedad no deberíamos de bajar la guardia y les pido que aprovechen los recursos y actividades que ofrecen el condado en este tiempo como por ejemplo actividades recreativas adoptando una mascota y obteniendo servicios gratis de salud mental pueden obtener más información sobre estos recursos y programas llamando al 211 Y sé que otros próximos meses van a ser difícil para nuestra salud y nuestra economía. Por eso, también aplaudo el anuncio del presidente Biden que tomó efectivo a partir de 24 de febrero. Por dos semanas, el programa de protección de cheques de pagado va a limitar la inscripción a aquellos con menos de 20 emplea- empleados. Esto permite que los bancos se con concentran, concentran perdón, con las personas de más necesidades pero la inscripción de este programa expira en dos días. Recomiendo a nuestros negocios pequeños como menos de 20 empleados que presenta su solicitud inmediatamente y aprovecha esta oportunidad y también el condado de Los Ángeles también ayuda financiera para los negocios pequeños. Por favor, llame a 211 para conseguir esa información. Por el último, quiero hablar sobre los incidentes de odio contra las personas de origen asiático. Estos incidentes de odio continúan subiendo. Todos los días parece que hay más ataques horribles contra nuestra comunidad asiática. Aquí en el condado de Los Ángeles, los ataques han variado desde insultos verbales hasta violencia física, con más de 800 incidentes reportados en la línea de 211. Y la gran mayoría de los incidentes no han sido reportados. Por favor, reporten los incidentes de de odio a 211. Nuestras comunidades necesitan esta intervención de parte del gobierno y es por eso en la junta de supervisores mañana voy a presentar una moción para expandir un programa que se llama anti-odio del condado la urgencia de este programa es clara y deberíamos ampliar su capacidad para ayudar a personas que han sido víctimas de odio nuestra diversidad es nuestra fuerza aquí en el condado entonces con eso muchas gracias Y ahora me gustaría presentarles la representante del Departamento de Salud Pública, Jacqueline Valenzuela. Muchas gracias.
4: Muchas gracias y buenas tardes. Hoy brindaremos actualizaciones sobre nuestros esfuerzos para reducir la transmisión de COVID-19 en nuestro condado, así como información sobre cambios en el sistema de niveles del estado y reaperturas permitidas. Compartiremos cómo el Condado de Los Ángeles está preparando para la reapertura de nuestras aulas para los grados 7 al 12. Y por último, compartiremos información sobre nuestros esfuerzos para vacunar a los grupos que ahora son elegibles. Primero, queremos reconocer que el 10 de marzo marca el primer aniversario de la primera muerte por COVID-19 aquí en el Condado de Los Ángeles. Trágicamente, un año después, más de 22,000 personas, incluidos abuelos, madres y padres, hermanas y hermanos, amigos y compañeros de trabajo, perecieron a causa de este terrible virus que eh, aquí, aquí en el condado de Los Ángeles, dejando un gran vacío. Y COVID-19 es la causa principal de fallecimientos en el condado de Los Ángeles. Para poner esto en perspectiva, Antes de COVID-19, la causa principal de fallecimientos en el condado de Los Ángeles era la enfermedad coronaria, ya sea del corazón. Desde el primero de marzo del 2020 hasta el 22 de febrero del 2021, hubo 10,961 muertes debido a enfermedades coronarias en el condado de Los Ángeles. Aproximadamente la mitad de las muertes que hemos visto en un año por COVID-19. Ha habido una tremenda tragedia y sufrimiento aquí y en todo el mundo, y para todos que estén de luto, estamos con ustedes en su dolor. Can we have the first slide, please? También nos gustaría brindar información sobre la guía de los centros para el control y la prevención de uh, enfermedades que se publicó hoy. La guía establece que las personas completamente vacunadas pueden reunirse en el interior de sus hogares con otras personas completamente vacunadas en grupos pequeños sin usar máscaras o practicar el distanciamiento físico. Los individuos se consideran completamente vacunados dos semanas o más después de haber recibido la segunda dosis de Pfizer o Moderna, o dos semanas o más después de uh, haber recibido la dosis única de la vacuna Johnson & Johnson. Las personas completamente vacunadas también pueden reunirse en el interior de sus hogares con otras personas no vacunadas de un solo hogar uh, que tienen un riesgo bajo de contraer enfermedad grave por COVID-19 uh, sin usar máscaras o distanciamiento físico. Por ejemplo, Eh, los abuelos completamente vacunados pueden visitar a sus nietos no vacunados siempre que sus nietos no tengan problemas graves de salud. Las personas completamente vacunadas deben seguir usando una máscara y mantener la distancia física en público. Deben enmascararse, distanciarse físicamente y practicar otras medidas de prevención cuando visiten a personas no vacunadas con mayor riesgo de enfermedad grave por COVID-19 o que tengan un miembro del hogar no vacunado con mayor riesgo de enfermedad grave. Y cuando estén cerca de personas no vacunadas de varios hogares. Las personas completamente vacunadas también deben evitar las reuniones en persona de tamaño mediano y grande. Estamos viendo más evidencia de que las personas completamente vacunadas tienen probabilidades de tener una infección sin síntomas y potencialmente menos probabilidades de transmitir COVID-19 a otras personas. Sin embargo, dada la necesidad de investigación adicional, las medidas preventivas eh, continúan siendo importantes durante la implementación de la vacuna. El Condado de Los Ángeles y el Departamento de Salud Pública del Estado de California están revisando esta guía de los CDC y actualizarán próximamente. Ahora para actualizarlo sobre nuestros números diarios. Y como recordatorio, los números de casos y muertes informados hoy representan un recuento insuficiente debido al retraso del fin de semana. Nos da tristeza informar que hoy 13 personas más han fallecido lo que eleva el número total de muertes relacionadas con COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles a 22,041. Hoy también estamos reportando 880 nuevos casos, eh, lo que eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 1,204,018. Estamos informando que 1,132 personas están actualmente hospitalizadas con COVID-19 y el 31% de las personas que están hospitalizadas están en unidades de cuidados intensivos. El total de casos confirmados en entornos institucionales es de 95,482, incluidos tanto el personal como los residentes. Hasta la fecha, más de 5.9 millones de personas se han sometido a pruebas de COVID-19 y se han informado los resultados de las pruebas al condado de Los Ángeles. Y la tasa de positividad acumulada es del 19%. Next slide, please. El promedio de siete días de casos diarios por fecha de episodio ha seguido disminuyendo y al 28 de febrero es de alrededor de 700. Hemos vuelto a los números de casos diarios que vimos antes del aumento repentino. Esta es una noticia maravillosa, pero es muy importante recordar que las continuas disminuciones no son inevitables y en todo el país ahora hay estados que están viendo aumentos en casos. En el condado de Los Ángeles no, perdón, el condado de Los Ángeles no existe en una burbuja y hemos aprendido que cuando aumentan los casos en otras partes del país, California puede ser el próximo de ver estos aumentos. No podemos permitirnos el lujo de bajar la guardia en nuestros esfuerzos colectivos para frenar la transmisión. Si bien las vacunas brindan una poderosa capa adicional de protección, aún no tenemos suficientes personas vacunadas para evitar otro aumento desastroso de casos a menos que sigamos comprometidos con el uso de las otras herramientas que ya todos conocemos. El uso de máscaras, el distanciamiento físico cuando estamos alrededor de personas que no viven con nosotros y el lavado de las manos con frecuencia. Esto es particularmente importante mientras nos preparamos para avanzar en nuestro viaje hacia la recuperación y comenzamos a planificar reaperturas adicionales. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra las líneas de tendencia de casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos desde el primero de marzo del 2020 hasta el 28 de febrero del 2021. Si bien los tres indicadores continúan disminuyendo, a medida que nos acercamos a la época del año escolar en que los estudiantes están de vacaciones de primavera y nos preparamos para celebrar los días festivos como por ejemplo el día de Pascua, Por favor, debe resistir la tentación de viajar o de reunirse con personas con las que no vive. El Día de Acción de Gracias y las vacaciones de invierno nos dieron mucha evidencia del peligro que presentan los viajes y las reuniones durante esta pandemia. Hicimos un gran progreso a a fines del verano y principios del otoño y perdimos ese progreso durante las vacaciones eh, y las consecuencias en nuestras comunidades fueron horribles. Se estima que una de cada tres personas que viven en el condado conocen o tienen a alguien cercano que falleció o fue hospitalizado por causas de COVID-19. Dado lo cerca que estamos de recibir millones de dosis más de vacunas en los centros de vacunación del condado, hagamos nuestro mejor esfuerzo para mantenernos vivos y saludables uh, unos a otros para que todos tengamos la oportunidad de agregar esta capa adicional de protección. Todavía no estamos completamente fuera de esta pandemia. Next slide, please. El viernes pasado, el estado anunció actualizaciones a su plan para una economía más segura. Además de evaluar las tasas de casos del condado y las tasas de positividad en las comunidades con los niveles más bajos en el índice de lugares saludables, el estado ahora también está tomando en consideración la cantidad de vacunas que se han administrado en las comunidades con bajos recursos a través del estado. A diferencia de de los otros tres indicadores, las cifras de vacunación se calcularán en todo el estado y se usarán para cambiar los umbrales de la tasa de casos para que los condados pasen a un nivel a otro. Una vez que se hayan administrado dos millones de dosis, dosis de vacunas en el estado a las comunidades con la puntuación más baja en el índice de lugares saludables, El umbral para pasar del nivel morado al rojo pasará de 7 casos nuevos por cada 100.000 personas a 10 casos nuevos por 100.000 personas. Para pasar al nivel anaranjado, el umbral seguirá en 4 casos por cada 100.000 personas y para pasar al nivel amarillo, el umbral seguirá en 1. Tan pronto como se han administrado 4 millones de dosis de vacunas en el estado a las comunidades con el índice más bajo en el índice de los lugares saludables, el umbral para pasar al nivel morado al nivel rojo uh, seguirá en 10 por cada 100.000 personas, pero el umbral cambiará para pasar al nivel al naranjado, eh, cambiará de cuatro casos por cada 100.000 personas a seis casos por cada 100.000 personas, y para pasar al nivel amarillo el umbral cambiará de un caso por cada 100.000 personas a dos casos por cada 100.000 personas. Esto obviamente tiene implicaciones significativas para el condado de Los Ángeles. El estado anticipa administrar 2 millones de dosis a las personas que viven en las comunidades más afectadas al final de la semana. La, la semana pasada la tasa de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles estuvo por debajo de 10 casos nuevos por cada 100.000 personas. Si la tasa de casos ajustada de esta semana permanece por debajo de 10 casos nuevos por cada 100.000 personas, entendemos que dentro de las 48 horas eh, que el estado anuncia que se ha cumplido el umbral de la vacuna el condado de Los Ángeles junto con otros condados uh, con tasas de casos calificados uh, podrían pasar al nivel rojo. Uh, trabajaremos con la junta de supervisores y nuestros socios para modificar apropiadamente las órdenes del oficial de salud para reflejar nuestro bu- movimiento al nivel rojo. Next slide, please. El viernes, el Estado también anunció un plan para permitir la reapertura de eventos deportivos al aire libre, conciertos en vivo al aire libre y parques de diversión a partir del primero de abril. A partir del primero de abril, eh, se permitirán eventos deportivos al aire libre y conciertos en vivo al aire libre con modificaciones significativas de capacidad y control de infecciones. Para los condados en el nivel morado, la uh, capacidad en estos eventos al aire libre se limitirá a 100 personas o menos. Se va a requerir reservaciones y no se permitirán concesiones. Solo podrán asistir las personas que viven en el condado donde se lleva a cabo el evento. Una vez en el nivel rojo, esos eventos al aire libre pueden abrir al 20% de su capacidad limitado solo a visitantes del estado. Las concesiones se permitirán solo mientras permanezca sentado. A medida que los condados se muevan a, a niveles menos restrictivos, la capacidad permitida podrá aumentar. Los parques de diversión pueden abrir para los condados en el nivel rojo al 15% de su capacidad con visitantes del estado Eh, únicamente y a medida que los condados se muevan a niveles menos restrictivos la capacidad permitida podrá aumentar el departamento de salud pública está trabajando con la junta de supervisores y socios de cada sector para planificar reaperturas seguras en el condado de los ángeles next slide please a medida que planificamos eh, pasar al nivel rojo donde se permitirán más reaperturas, estamos analizando de cerca la, cien- la ciencia para comprender qué prácticas ayudan a reducir la transmisión comunitaria de COVID-19. Un estudio recientemente publicado por los CDC uh, estudió el impacto de las políticas estatales relacionadas con el uso de máscaras uh, en restaurantes y las personas que frecuentan sentarse a comer en los restaurantes durante los meses de marzo a diciembre del 2020. El estudio analizó la relación entre los aumentos en tasas de casos y fallecimientos y sus, sus políticas del uso de máscaras y de permitida sentarse a comer en los resta- restaurantes en 3,142 condados. El estudio encontró que permitir que las personas frecuenten sentarse a comer en los restaurantes se asociaron con aumentos significativos en las tasas de casos dentro de los 41 a 60 días después de la reapertura y aumentos en las tasas de fallecimientos 60 a 100 días después de que se levantaron las restricciones. La implementación del uso de máscaras en estos establecimientos se asociaron con disminuciones estadísticamente significativas en las tasas diarias de casos y fallecimientos a nivel del condado dentro de los 20 días después de la implementación. Permitir a las personas que frecuenten el servicio de comer en los restaurantes se asoció con aumentos en las tasas de casos y fallecimientos a nivel del condado dentro de los 41 a 80 días después de la reapertura. La implementación del uso de máscaras, así como prohibir a las personas que frecuenten el servicio de sentarse a comer en los restaurantes, ayudan a limitar la exposición potencial al virus, lo que resulta en menos transmisión comunitaria. La evidencia de que el uso de máscaras frena la transmisión y salva vidas es sólida. Y hasta que la mayoría de las personas se vacunen, continuará. Eh, vamos a continuar requiriendo y confiando en el uso de las cubiertas para la cara cuando estemos cerca de otras personas en espacios públicos mientras avanzamos en nuestro viaje hacia la recuperación. Next slide, please. También nos estamos preparando para que se permita, bajo el nivel rojo, la reapertura del aprendizaje en persona en las escuelas para los grados 7 a 12. A medida que las escuelas se preparen para estos estudiantes, deben tener un plan de seguridad estatal o plan de seguridad de COVID-19 actualizado, incluidos documentos estatales que deben ser publicados en el sitio web de la escuela o del distrito no menos de cinco días antes de la fecha de reapertura prevista. Es decir, si la primera fecha en que el Estado permitiría que los grados 7 a 12 abrirán eh, en el Condado de Los Ángeles fuese el 17 de marzo, entonces una escuela o distrito tendría que publicar su plan de, segurid- de seguridad actualizado y completo en su sitio web a más tardar el 12 de marzo para así poder abrir los grados del 7 al 12 el 17 de marzo. La actualización del plan de seguridad de COVID-19 se refiere a que las escuelas o distritos que ya han publicado y enviado el plan de seguridad al Departamento de Salud Pública del Estado y del Condado para uh, ser revisado y aprobado para reabrir las clases en persona uh, para los estudiantes en los grados kinder de transición hasta el sexto, sexto grado. Las escuelas no tienen que enviar a volver a no, perdón, no tienen que enviar o volver a enviar el plan de seguridad de COVID-19 cuando el condado está en el nivel rojo eh, para reabrir los grados 7 a 12, pero sí tienen que publicarlos públicamente en sus sitios web y asegurarse de que se hayan realizado las revisiones necesarias uh, uh, correspondientes a la, ampli- a la ampli- perdón, ampli- ampliación de la reapertura para incluir los grados 7 a 12. Las escuelas sí deben presentar al condado de Los Ángeles una encuesta de reapertura actualizada, el apéndice T1, al menos de cinco días antes de la fecha de reapertura propuesta por los grados 7 a 12. La encuesta es una es un simple formulario en línea que permitirá al Departamento de Salud Pública seguir el progreso de la reapertura, reapertura en todo el condado y comunicarse con cada escuela para ofrecer asistencia técnica y visitas a las escuelas para apoyar la reapertura segura. Se debe presentar una encuesta para cada escuela que vuelva a abrir. El protocolo de reapertura también debe publicarse en el sitio web de la escuela o distrito y ser claramente presentado en el sitio de la escuela. Reiteramos, se debe presentar un protocolo para cada escuela que se vuelva a abrir. Se recomienda que las escuelas y los distritos tengan una persona calificada que evalúe el funcionamiento de sus sistemas de ventilación y aire acondicionado, ya sea alguien que sea parte del personal o un contratista externo, para garantizar una mejor ventilación en las aulas de la clase. En las uh, próximo, próximas 24 horas, habrá disponible orientación local sobre el tamaño y la composición de los grupos establecidos uh, para los grados 7 a 12. Next slide, please. Para actualizarlos sobre nuestros esfuerzos que estamos utilizando para vacunar a las personas y trabajadores en el Condado de Los Ángeles, a partir del 4 de marzo, Eh, Hemos administrado 2,415,460 dosis de vacunas en el condado. De estos, eh, 814,593 fueron segundas dosis. Actualmente, las personas que son elegibles para la vacuna incluyen trabajadores de salud, personas que viven y los trabajadores de los centros de cuidado a largo plazo, la población de 65 años o más, trabajadores de educación y cuidado infantil, trabajadores de alimentos y agricultura y trabajadores de servicios de emergencia y eh, y, y socorristas. Si bien el sistema de datos actual no nos permite evaluar por tipo de trabajo quién ha sido vacunado, sabemos que el 58% de la población del condado de Los Ángeles de 65 años o más Han recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna y el 30% ha recibido ambas dosis. Muchas gracias a toda nuestra población eh, mayor por vacunarse y queremos darle un profundo agradecimiento a las familias, amigos y trabajadores de los centros de vacunación quienes hicieron uh, que est- siguen haciendo esto posible. Next slide, please. El estado eh, estableció el requisito de que al menos de el 40% de las dosis de vacunas en un condado esta semana se distribuyan en las comunidades con los puntajes más bajos en el índice de lugares uh, con mejores calidades de vida. En el condado de Los Ángeles hemos cumplido y superado esta meta. Esta semana, más del 55% de las dosis distribuidas por el condado se destinarán a sitios donde se vacunan a las personas que viven en las comunidades más afectadas. Este mapa muestra el condado de Los Ángeles eh, desglosado por el índice de calidad de vida, es decir, lugares saludables. Las áreas en azul más oscuro son los vecindarios que se encuentran en el cuartil más bajo de puntajes de de altos índices de calidad de vida. Como puede ver, estos vecindarios se concentran en el sur centro y este de Los Ángeles y en el Valle del Antílope. Hemos trabajado con muchos socios y proveedores para crear una variedad de centros de vacunación en estas áreas. Como hemos presentado a lo largo de la pandemia, Estas son las áreas que han visto la mayor devastación por este virus y continúan albergando a las personas que tienen mayor riesgo de enfermedad uh, grave y hasta la muerte por causas de COVID-19. Hay más de 100 centros de vacunación en los vecindarios que han sido más afectados. Next slide, please. Esta tabla muestra el resumen de nuestra distribución semanal de vacunas uh, por tipo de sitio. Hay más de 375 centros que reciben una parte de las 312,690 dosis totales asignadas al Condado de Los Ángeles para la próxima semana. Esta tabla no incluye las dosis asignadas directamente por el gobierno federal, algunas farmacias del condado y centros de salud calificados a nivel federal. Y el Centro de Vacunación de la Universidad de Cal State eh, como requisito de admisión para eh, estudiantes del primer año ni tampoco incluye las dosis asignadas por el estado a las grandes entidades de varios condados como Kaiser y UCLA. Se administrarán 64,300 dosis a través de los siete centros de vacunación del condado. Los centros de vacunación de la ciudad de Los Ángeles vacunarán a 54 mil personas a través de sus cinco centros de vacunación. Ahora, nuestros centros de salud calificados a nivel federal están administrando más de 60 mil dosis y las farmacias están administrando más de 40 mil dosis. Continuamos aumentando las asignaciones a estos centros de vacunación comunitarios para asegurarnos de que los proveedores que atienden a nuestras comunidades más afectadas puedan vacunar a más personas. La asignación de esta semana de 48,190 dosis equipos móviles ha aumentado significativamente desde la semana pasada, ya que tenemos más equipos capaces de configurar sitios emergentes para ayudar a las personas con movilidad limitada en los vecindarios más afectados. Entre los proveedores de vacunación hay mucha más capacidad para vacunar, Solo esta semana hay más de 626 mil espacios para citas disponibles. e Incluso con el aumento de las dosis, solo tenemos dosis suficientes para unas 312 mil citas. Eh, solo nuestros centros de vacunación a gran escala podrían proporcionar 195 mil dosis adicionales esta semana si hubiese suficiente suministro. Next slide, please. De las 312 dosis recibidas para esta semana, el 38%, es decir, 119,200 dosis se asignan a las segundas dosis que eh, eh, van a ser esta semana. Las 193,490 dosis restantes se asignan para las primeras citas utilizando distribuciones eh, proporcionales del sector aproximadamente el 21% de nuestro suministro de la primera dosis es para el sector de la educación, aproximadamente el 4% de las primeras dosis para el sector de servicios de emergencias, casi el 24% de las primeras dosis para el sector de alimentación y agricultura y alrededor del 26% de las dosis para personas de 65 años o más. Es importante destacar que se asigna un 26% adicional para cualquier persona que se encuentre actualmente en la fase 1D y que sea elegible para vacunarse. Las 54 mil dosis de Johnson Johnson, que solo necesita una dosis de la vacuna, se están usando esta semana en muchas clínicas comunitarias, farmacias, hospitales, centros de vacunación de la ciudad y del condado, también en nuestros equipos móviles. Next slide, please. Queremos compartir con ustedes algunas actualizaciones sobre cómo estamos trabajando para vacunar a las personas que actualmente son elegibles para la vacuna. Para las personas mayores de 65 años, una de nuestras mayores preocupaciones es llegar a las personas Eh, que están confinadas en sus hogares y asegurarnos de que tengan acceso a la vacuna. En este momento estamos trabajando con los departamentos de bomberos y los planes de salud de la ciudad para identificar a estas personas para que puedan vacunar. Para el sector de la alimentación y la agricultura, continuamos nuestras colaboraciones con sindicatos, asocia- asociaciones profesionales Eh, organizaciones comunitarias y organizaciones religiosas para llevar para llegar a las personas y res, registrarlas para la vacuna. Seguimos teniendo días específicos del sector en nuestros centros de vacunación a gran escala y estamos trabajando para coordinar la, las clínicas en el lugar de trabajo y los equipos móviles que pueden llegar a estos trabajadores mientras están en sus puestos de trabajo. Como mencionamos anteriormente, hay muchas formas de verificar que usted es elegible para la vacuna como trabajador de alimentos y agricultura, y esto no requiere una identificación con foto emitida por el gobierno de los Estados Unidos. También nos aseguramos de que la información sobre cómo vacunarse esté disponible a través de portales apropiados, tanto lingüística como culturalmente. Para el sector de, de, de como de socorristas, eh, continuamos ayudando en la definición uh, de los uh, papeles, eh, perdón, de los de los del personal que es elegible en esta categoría y estamos trabajando con los uh, diferentes grupos eh, con el departamento de bienestar social. y otras organizaciones para asegurarnos de que las personas que son elegibles sepan que son elegibles y puedan ser vacunados. En el sector de educación y cuidado infantil eh, continuamos teniendo un día específico en nuestros centros de vacunación a gran escala designados para personas eh, vacunadas que trabajan en escuelas independientes y en cuidado infantil. También estamos proporciona, proporcionando, perdón, dosis a los socios que están vacunando distritos uh, escolares. Este trabajo requiere una tremenda coordinación y colabora, colaboración y queremos agradecer a todos los que están desempeñando a, a algún papel eh, durante la vacunación de estos grupos. Next slide, please. Como hicimos la semana pasada, seguimos programando días específicos eh, por sectores en los centros de vacunación de nuestro condado para los grupos elegibles. Hoy, lunes 8 de marzo y martes y jueves de esta semana, las citas en los centros de vacunación del condado serán para personas que trabajan en en el sector de alimentación y agricultura. El miércoles, las citas en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado estarán disponibles para las personas que trabajan en el sector de servicios de emergencia. El viernes, las las citas en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado estarán abiertas eh, para personas eh, mayores de 65 años. El sábado las citas en los centros de vacunación a gran escala del condado estarán disponibles para las personas que trabajan en el sector de educación y cuidado infantil. Y el domingo habrá citas disponibles para personas que trabajan en escuelas independientes y para trabajadores agrícolas. En, en los centenares de centros de vacunación que tenemos en todo el condado, incluidas las farmacias y muchas clínicas comunitarias, Las citas están abiertas para cualquier persona que viva en en Los Ángeles o o que trabaje en en el Condado de Los Ángeles, que cumpla con los requisitos de elegibilidad. Tenga en cuenta que en este momento las citas solo están disponibles para las personas mayores de 65 años que viven en el Condado de Los Ángeles, así como también aquellos que no viven pero que trabajan en el Condado de Los Ángeles, en cualquiera de los siguientes sectores. Atención médica, alimentos y agricultura, servicios de emergencia, eh, como también eh, eh, trabajadores de educación y cuidado infantil. Y no podemos vacunar a otras personas o trabajadores que no sean eh, elegibles en este momento. Visiten nuestro sitio web, vaccinatedlcounty.com en inglés o vacunatelosangeles.com en español para obtener más información sobre quién es elegible, cómo hacer una cita, si es su turno y cuáles son los requisitos que debe tener o que necesitará cuando se presente para recibir su vacuna. Es importante destacar que las vacunas siempre son gratuitas y están abiertas a las personas y trabajadores elegibles sin, sin importar su estado migratorio. Para concluir, queremos volver a enfatizar que estamos en un punto de la pandemia en el que tenemos mucho optimismo. Estamos avanzando en la vacunación de nuestra población. Eh, los casos, las hospitalizaciones y los fallecimientos están disminuyendo y es probable que nos estemos avanzando hacia un nivel menos restrictivo. Para que podamos mantener el progreso, tendremos que seguir haciendo eh, la transmisión lenta una parte central de nuestra vida diaria. Esto quiere decir elegir no viajar, no, reunor, no reunirnos con personas con las que no vivimos. También significa que hagamos uso de las máscaras y siempre eh, mantener nuestra distancia física cuando estemos fuera, fuera de casa y alrededor de otras personas que no viven con nosotros. Por favor, mantengámonos eh, este impulso positivo para que todos nuestros niños puedan regresar a la escuela De la manera más segura posible y a la vez podamos continuar previniendo enfermedades y salvando vidas and um it sounds like it looks like we have a question in spanish uh and it says um uh, hay personas que están brin- eh, brincando la línea para vacunas registrada se registran y no son parte del grupo el y la vacuna o llegan sin cita. ¿Cómo están monitoreando, controlando y esto, que, que esto no pase? Um, so it, the, the question is, um, you, we have people that are jumping the line uh, for vaccination. What are we doing to monitor, control, uh, and uh, uh, ensure compliance for this not to happen? Eh, lo que estamos haciendo por este momento es seguimos como eh, dando este tipo de información a las personas para que sea muy claro quiénes uh, los que son elegibles. En los varios sito- sitios estamos pidiendo sus documentos y no estamos vacunando a las personas que no puedan proveer esa document- documentación. Por eso es tan importante que las personas vayan a nuestro sitio web, vacunatelosangeles.com, que entiendan que es lo que tienen que traer y y traer esos documentos uh, que que, uh, ayudan a que las personas puedan claramente determinar si esa persona es elegible. Um, También estamos trabajando muy cercanamente con varios compañeros como Eh, mencionamos grupos comunitarios, grupos uh, religiosos para ayudarnos a alcanzar eh, específicamente a las personas que um, van a tener el mejor eh, impacto uh, por vacunarse porque trabajan en, en uh, grupos que son más expuestos o porque han sufrido sus comunidades más um, enfermedades y más fallecimientos. Así que esto sigue siendo algo que requiere Trabajar en compañerismo, eh, no solo con los residentes, pero también con nuestros socios comunitarios y religiosos para asegurarnos que las, las personas reciban su vacuna. Um, it looks like we also have um, additional questions about um, que puede hacer la gente para reportar esto y que pueden ser los castigos. Um, so the, the question is, uh, what can people do to report? Um, this sort of line cutting and what can be the consequences. Así que eh, lo lo mejor sería poder um, uh, utilizar el uh, el número de teléfono y uh, la línea telefónica que está en nuestro sitio web para reportar cualquier tipo de, um, eh, ¿cómo se llama?, Um, Situación donde no se están siguiendo las reglas, así que también vacunatelosangeles.com, ahí está eh, ese tipo de información ah, ahí podemos asegurarnos de que esté eh, eh, muy claramente ah, puesto en el sitio para que las personas sepan eh, cómo conectarse con esa línea telefónica igual que ah, el sitio ah, electrónico. Um, another follow-up question. Um, ya mencionamos eso. Otra pregunta: los trabajadores de kindergarten privados pueden obtener vacunas. Así que eh, por eso tenemos eh, los trabajadores um, de, de de educación uh, y um, Eh, sitios de eh, educación temprana, sí califican. Las únicas personas que no califican dentro de ese grupo son las niñeras privadas. Así que si alguien puede demostrar que trabaja en una escuela eh, o en un lugar donde se provee cuidado uh, eh, temprano para los niños, eh, esas personas con esa doc- documentación pueden hacer su, su cita y pueden llegar a, a ponerse la vacuna. Uh, there's another question. La doctora Ferrer mencionó que para la próxima semana podríamos estar en el nivel rojo. ¿Nos podrías explicar para qué día y cuántos casos por día debemos tener? Um, yeah, so, eh, eh, sí, es cierto. Eh, ahorita estamos esperando que el estado de California uh, calcule cuántos eh, casos por día estamos viendo, más. Uh, nos dieron eh, requisitos adicionales acerca de cuántas eh, dosis de la vacuna tienen que ser uh, administradas en uh, ciertas comunidades que se han visto más afectadas. Así que puede ser que veamos ya antes del fin del mes podamos ver, esta, eh, pasarnos al, al nivel rojo. Um, ya vemos que hemos tenido eh, Perdón, tenemos que estar bajo de 7 casos por cada mil personas. Hemos estado más o menos en ese, en ese nivel ya por una semana. Estamos esperando, como dije, los últimos números del estado, eh, pero puede ser que sea definitivamente antes eh, del fin del mes. Así que lo que estamos eh, haciendo ahorita es preparándonos a... a, a asegurándonos que todos los protocolos estén actualizados para asegurar de que podamos reabrir de manera segura. También estamos trabajando cercanamente con eh, nuestra Junta de Supervisores y con los A sectores que están afectados para asegurarnos de que las prácticas que van a mantener los seguros estén en su lugar. Así que siempre puede encontrar más información: vacunatelosangeles.com. Ahí va a estar la información acerca de cuándo nos vamos a trasladar de un nivel al otro, quién está actualmente eh, elegible para la vacuna, qué documentos necesita traer y cuándo reabran nuevos sectores, incluyendo las escuelas. Eh, muchas
5: gracias. Y yeah, now we'll go ahead and we'll move on to remarks in Armenian. եւ <muchas> վերահսկիչ Այս որը կրճատելու, վերականգնման գործում առաջ շարժվելու եւ մեր I sort ես հարམ་աճումներ կներկայացնեմ մեր շրջանի COVID-19-ի փոխանցումը կրճատող մեր ընթացիկ ճանքերի մասին, ինչպես նաև տեղեկություններ պետական մակարդակի համակարգում փոփոխությունների եւ թույլատրված վերաբացումների մասին։ Ես պետք է ասեմ, շրջանը պատրաստվում 7-ից 12 վերաբացմանը եւ վերջապես, կետիսվեմ, այն խմբերի պատվաստման մեր ջանկերի մասին, ովքեր այժմ իրավասու են։ Նախ եւ առաջ ուզում եմ ընդունել, որ մարտի 19 10-ին լրանում է covid 19 առաջին մահվան 1 տարին։ Ցավալի է, որ մեկ տարի անց ավելի քան 22000 մարդ այս թվում տատիկներ, պապիկներ, եւ հայրեր, անկից հերացան այս սարսափելի վիրուսից այստեղ լոս շրջանում թողնելով ողակայական դատարկություն եւ կովիտ 19 լոս շրջանում մահվան հիմնական պատճառն է որըսի դա հերան կար լինի այս նույն ժամանակահատվածում անցյալ տարվա մարտից միջև այսօր լոս անջելոս շրջանում մահացել են 10961 և մահացել են նրանց ծրդ անոթային հիվանդությունից։ Այս հիվանդությունը սովորաբար մահվան հիմնական պատճառն է Լոս Անջելո շրջանում։ Ահա որ ողբերգությունը եւ տարապանքը ունեցել այստեղ եւ ամբողջ աշխարհում եւ բոլոր նրանց համար, ովքեր մենք Ձեզ հետ մեջ։ Ես կցանկանայի նաեւ տրամադրել вороշ տեղեկություններ այսօրվա թողարկված Ուղղություն նշվում է, որ լեյովին պատվաստված մարդիկ կարող են ներսում հավաքվել այն ամբողջությամբ պատվաստված մարդկանց հետ փոքիկ խմբերով, առանց դիմակներ կրելու կամ ֆիզիկական հեռավորություն վարելու։ Անհատները համարվում են լեյովին պատվաստված կամ ավելի շապատ, կամ Jansoniev Janson 1 դեղաչափ Պաղպաստանյից տանալուց երկու շապիկ հատ ավելի հետո։ Ամբողջությամ պատվաստված մարդիկ կարող են նաեւ աիցելել մեկ այլ ընտանիք չպատվաստված մարդկանց հետ, ովքեր գտնվում փակ COVID-19 հիվանդության ցածը ռիսկի տակ։ Արած դիմակներ կրելու կամ ֆիզիկական հեռավորության։ Օրինակ, ամբողջությամ պատվաստված չը պատվաստված թորնիկներին։ Կանեդայը նրանց թորները ճան են առրովչական լուծ պայմաններ։ Լյովին պատվաստված մարտիկ պետք է շարունակեն դիմակել եւ պահպանել ֆիզիկական հերրավորություն հասարակության արչը։ Նրանք ֆիզիկապես այլ կելիչ երբ մարդկանց, որոնք ցաներ COVID-19-ի հիվանդության ռիսկի հետևանքներ ունեն կամ ովքեր ունեն չպատվաստված տան անդամներ, ցաներ COVID-19-ի մեծ ռիսկի տակ եւ կտնվում են բազմաթիվ ընտանիքների չպատվաստված մարդիկ։ պատվաստված մարդիկ միջին եւ برلیوین پادواسترات مارتیک اولیکیت هوا نگانه ور اوننان آسیمتماتیک واراکی یه نرآبوره اولیکیت هوا نگانه ور کووید تاسنی نفوخانسین ورزش نمی‌کنند. اینو هم نه. هش به آرنلوب لراتو تیچ هتازوتو چان ان راجشتو زند. پادواستانیو تری Այսօր ցավով հայտնում ենք Եվս 13 մահվան մասին։ Այս մարդկանցից 9ը 80 տարեկանից բարձր են եւ ունեցել են սուղացող առողջական խնդիրներ։ 4-ը 65 տարեկանից 79 տարեկան են եւ 4-ն էլ ունեցել են սուղացող առողջական խնդիրներ։ 5-ը՝ анդի եւ 3-ը 30 տարեկանից 49-ն եւ չն ունեցել ուղղացող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Սա վերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 22041-ի Los Angeles շրջանում։ Այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք 880 նոր դեպքերի մասին։ Եվ սա վերում է Los Angeles Այս դեպքերը Erarumen են Mekhazar Chosa Yotana Sun Hink, Long Beach Kharakumer, Kurz Internet, կողմից գրանցված Svat Step Ket, Isk Pasidanakati Khomits Grant Svat, Tash Hazar Inar Utsun Yerek Tepke, Voronkungen Ankarchapagam Bhajan Mukhmed. Ned Kayumus institutions می‌شوایم հաստատված وقت դեպքերը 95482-ն են هزار چهارصد և انسون Այս դեպքերից 39593-ը می‌ببینیش են از 55889 یا رسول این هزار هنگ های انسون یکو ببینیش Դեպքերը ըստ ծրվակի ամսաթվի տենդենցիա։ Օրվա դեպքերի 7 օրվա մեջին տիպը ըստ ծրվակի ամսաթվի շառնակելը նվազած։ Փետրվարի 28-ի դրությամբ մոտ 700։ Մենք վերադարձել ենք դեպքերի ամենորյա համարներին, որոնց գտնվում են նախաձանը Սա հրաշալի նորություն է, հիշել, չեն։ Եվ երկրի տարածքում այժմ դեպքեր են աճում։ Լոս Անջելը ճանոք մենք իմացանք, որ երբ դեպքերը ավելանում են երկրի այլ մասերում, Կալիֆորնիան կարող է հետևել դրան։ Մենք չենք կարող մեզ թուլտալ տալ փոխանցումը են այնքան որ կանխենք դեպքերի հերթական աղետալի աջը։ Եթե մենք հավատարիմ չենք օգտագործել մեր զինանոցի այլ գործիքներ՝ դիմակավորում, հեռավորության պահպանում եւ зерքեր լվանալը։ Սա հատկապես կարեւոր է, քանի որ մեր վերականգնման ճանապարին եւ սկսում ենք պլանավոր է, պլանավորել լրացուցիչ վերաբացումներ։ Դեպքերի եւ 2020 թվականի մարդի 1-ից մինչև 2021 թվականի փետրվարի 28-ը։ Չնայած բոլոր երեք ցուցանիշները շարունակում են անկում ապրել, քանի որ մենք մտնում ենք тарվա այն ժամանակահատվածը, երբ ուսանողները գarnanayin արྩակորներում են եւ մենք պատրաստվում ենք նշել զատիկի արྩակորները, խնդրում ենք դիմակայել ճանապարհորդելու կամ շատ այլ որոնցից չեք ապրում։ Գոհաբանության, օրվա եւ ձմռան արծահորտները մեզ բազմաթիվ ապացույցներ տվեցին ճանապարհորդության եւ հավաքույտների վտանգների մասին։ Մենք մեծ առաջընթացի հասանք ամարվա վերջին եւ աշնան սկզբին, եւ արծահորտների ժամանակ շատ աճացրեցին։ Հետևանքները համայնքում սարսափելի էին։ են. է, որ վարձ, բնակիչ Գիտեն մեկին, ով քանքից հերացել է կամ հոսպիտալացվել է COVID-19-ից։ Հաշվի առնելով թե որքան են մոտենում վարչության Պատվաստանյութերի Կայքերի հաստատված պատվաստանյութերի միլիոնավոր մի ավելի չափաբաժիններին, եկեք ամեն այն Անցալ օրբաթ օրը կառավարությունը հայտարարեց իրենց անվտանք տնտեսության ախագիծը ֆարմացնելու մասին։ Վարչաշրջանի դեպքերի տեմպերը, դրականության մակարդակը, դրականության մակարդակը գնահատելուց բացի, առողջ վայրերի ինդեքսում ապ Amenatsatsr միավորների շրջանում այժմ հաշվեն առնում պատվաստումների քանակը, որոնք իրականացվել են համայնքների ցածր ռեսուրսներով Ի տարբերություն մյուս 3 ճակտոների, պատpasswdումների համարները հաշվարկելու են ամբողջ եւ օգտագործվում դեպքերի տեմպերը, որը տեղափոխվենք 1 աստիճանից մյուսը։ Այն բանից Los Angeles-ի ժանուն 2 միլիոն պատpasswd տայութերի ճափաբաժիններ փոխանցվեցին, առողջ վայրերի ինդեկ, Մանուշակագույն մակարտակից կարմիր մակարտակ անցնելու են 10 նոր դեպքեր ամեն 100.000 մարդու հաշվում։ 7 նոր դեպքեր ամեն մարդու համար։ Նարնջագույն շերտ տեղափոխվելու համար կմնա 4 դեպք ամեն մարդու հաշվում։ Իս ձեղին անցնելու համար կմնա 1 դեպ, ամեն 100.000 հաշվում։ Առողջ բնակավայրերի ինդեքսում ամենացածր միավոր ունեցող համայնքերի 4 միլիոն պատաստանյութերի դեղաչաբ տրամադրելուց հետո մանաշակագույն մակարդակից կարմիր մակարդակ անցնելու դիվը կմնա տասը ամեն 100 000 մարդու համար։ Բայց կփոխվի նարնջագույն աստիճան տեղափոխվելու համար ամեն 100 000 բնակչին 4 նոր դեպքերից նոր դեպքեր, ամեն 100 000 մարդուն, եւ անցնելու դեղին աստիճանի, երկու آمین ամեն هزار مارتو մարդու آمد. Սա ակն հայտորեն նշանակելի نشانه کلی هت فانکنر نی միջև آنجلس վերջ اسچرچانی نخاتکستوم میچف տրամադրել ծանր տուժած یروکو میلیون شابابارجین ترامادرل زانر توجات هم اینکنری بنگیچ boronk artatselumen mer antsumuk ad mer astitsjani Aprili 1-in tulatrvac verabatsum nayr Urphat ora karavatsuna haytararets nayev Aprili 1-its sksas batsotsyan marzakan michotsharumneri batsotsya kentani hamerkneri yev tematik parkeri Ապրիլի 1-ից բացոցյա սպորտային միջոցառումներն միչոց, ու բացոցյա կենթանի համերկերի ցուլատրումը զգալի հضورությամբ եւ բարակի վերահսկման փոփոխություններով։ Մանուշակագույն մակարդակում գտնվող կոմսունցությունների համար այս սպացյա միջոցառումները կարողությունները կհամանափակեն 100 հոգով կամ ավելիք, կփահանջվեն ամրագրումներ եւ ցուլ չեն Փուլատը ռում է մասնակցել main այն մարդկանց, ովքեր ապրում են տարաշճանում, որտեղ տեղի ունենում միջոցառումը։ Կարմիր մակարդակում հայտնվելով այս բացոցի միջոցառումները կարող են բացվել 20% հզորությամբ։ Երբ են քիչ եմտի արկեր կարողե ավել կարմիր մակարդակում գտնվող կոմսություներ հմար տասնե հին տոկոս ներուժով մեն նահանգային այելուներո, ւ որ կոմսությունները տեղափոխում են ավելի քից ամանափաք մակարդակների թուլատելի հզորությունը կրկին կմեծանը հանեին արռույունը աշատում է վեստուգողների խորդի եւ Los Angeles-ը նոր վերաբացման վայրերում անվտանգ վերաբացման պլանավորման համար։ Երբ մենք նախատեսնում ենք ասնել كارմի շերտ, որտեղ թույլատրվում է լրացուցիչ վերաբացում, մենք ուշադիր ուսումնասիրում ենք դիտությունը հասկանալու, թե ինչ պրակտիկա է նվազեցնել COVID-19-ի փոխանցումը։ կողմից Верջերես կատարված ուսումնասիրությունը ցույց է տվել դիմակների օգտագործման հետ կապված պետական հողակականության ազդեցության եւ 2020 թվականի մարտից սեպտեմբեր ամիսներին ռեստորաններում նախաճաշի թույլատրությունը դեպքերի եւ մահվան դեպքերի, դրանց դիմակավորման եւ տեղում ճաշելու քաղաքականության 3142 վարչաշրջաններում։ Օսմնասիրությունը բաժելը նաև որ վերաբացում է եւ սահմանապահակումների վերացումից 60-ից 100 օր անց մահացության տեմպերի աճ։ Տեղում ռեստորանային ճաշկերույթ թุลտալը կապված էր Վարչաշրջանի մակարտակի դեպքերի եւ մահվան աճի տեմպերի ավելացման հետ։ Վերաբացումից հետո 41-ից Դիմակի մանդատները եւ ռեստորաներում նախնական ճաշկերույթ արդիլելը օգնում են սահմանափակել վիրուսի հավանական ազդեցությունը, ինչը հագեցնում է հանգեսնում է համայնքի ավելի քիչ փոխանցման։ Ապա ցույց նաեւ մասին, որ դանդաղեցնում է փոխանցումը եւ քայքերը փրկում։ Ամուրը մի եւ միջև բոլորին պատվաստումը men կշարունակեն կրել Երբ հասարակական վայրերում ուրիշների կողքին ենք, երբ անցնում ենք վերականգնման ճանապարով, պատրաստվում ենք 7-ից 12-րդ դասաների վերադառնալ դասարաններ։ Մենք նաև պատրաստվում ենք, որ դպրոցները կարմի շերտի ներքո թյլատրան բացել 7-ից 12 դասաների տեղում ուսուցումը։ Երբ դպրոցները պատրաստվում են աշակերտերին նուրեցված COVID-19-ի անվտանգության ծրագիր կամ ներառյալ COVID-19-ի կանխակերման ծրագիր COVID-19-ի դեպրոցի ուղղացույցի ստուգման ծուցակ, փակցված դեպրոցի կամ շրջանի կայքում նախատեսնված բացման օրվանից 5 օրից ոչ ավելի։ Թարմացումը վերաբերվում է այն դեպրոցներին կամ արդեն եւ نا هنگیم یک شرکانن هنراین آروچ چو چانه. وره نایمان վերաբացվեն فستادمان همار بود بسیار وره դասաների աշակերտների անհատական پروتکانه երբ میشه وقتی գտնվում է կարմիր ندی آنها تکان وسوسه می‌کنند. یک بخش համար նրանք نبودم کار می‌کردم այս նորեն դադրեն իրենց կայքերում եւ ապահովեն, որ վերանայման ընթլայման համապատասխան յոթիս ից 12 երրորդ ամսաներին ներառող անրաժեր բոլոր վերանայումները կատարվեն։ Հարցում հարցումը parze արցած ձև է, որը հանրային կտա եւ տեխնիկական աջակցություն եւ կայքի այցելությունները առաջարկելու անվտանգ վերաբացումը աջակցելու համար։ Վերաբացվող յուրաքանչյուր դրոցի համար պետք է կազմվի առանձին հաշցում։ Վերաբացման արտանագրությունը նույնպես պետք է ֆակտված լինի ծեր դրոցի կամ շրջանե կայքում եւ աթենհայտորեն ցուցադրվի դրոցի իրական տարածքում։ Վերաբացող հյուրաքանչուր դեպրոցի համար պետք է գազովի առանձին արտանակրություն։ Խստորեն առաջարկվում է, որ դեպրոցներն ու շրջանները ունենան ռոկյալ ինժեներներ, գնահատելու իրենց օտափոխիչ համակարգերի աշխատանքը օպտիմալ օտափոխություն ապահովելու համար Եոթի, դասաների կայուն խնբերի, Տեղեկական ուղեցույցը հասանելի կլինի հաջորդ 24 ժամվա ընթացքում։ Պատվաստանյութերի կառավարման վահանա, որը ձեզ Լոս Անջելո շրջանի բնակիչների եւ աշխատողներին պատվաստելու մեր ընթացիկ در 814,593-ը تا ۲۵ هزار Ներկայումս انسان ստանալու իրավունք ունեցող گچ آفرین են առողջապահական աշխատողներ, երկարաժամկետ եր խնանքի հազդատությունների բնակիչներ نرارومن آروچاپاگان آشغاتونه یک یک کار جامکی خنامکی هست داد و چندی بنایی کشید یه آشغاتای کشید و ինչպես նաև արտակարգ իրավիճակների ծառայության աշխատագիտственներ եւ իրավապահ մարմիններ Չնայած Տեվալների ներկա համակարգը թույլ տալիս գնահատել պատվաստված մասնակցության համաձայն մեն գիտենք որ անցյալ շփատվա դրությամբ Լոս Անջելոս շրջանի եւ ավելի բարձր բնակիչների 58% -ը ստացել են պատվաստանյութերի առնվազը առաջին is 30%-ը ստացել են երկրորդը։ Շատ շնորհակալություն բոլոր տարած բնակիչների պատվաստումներ կատարելու համար եւ խորին շնորհակալություն ընտանիքերին, ընկերներին եւ պատվաստումների կայքի ովքեր այս ամենը դացրեցին, Որպես որքան Այշեմ շատ շրջանային դեղատներ ժամադրություններ են առաջարկում։ Շապատվայ 7 օր առավության 8-5-3-ոյան ոյան զանգահարեք մեր զանգերի կենտրոն 8 3 3 5 4 0 0 համարով, եթե չետ կարող ոգտվել վեր հիպնվա� Կառավարությանը պահանջ է դրել, որ այս շփhat շրջանում, Վաճահ շրջանում պա շրջանու, Պատվաստանյութերի առնվազն 40% բաշխվի բա առողջ վայրերի ինդեքսում Amenatsatsr գնահատական ունեցող համայնքներում։ լոսանջոր Անջոս շրջանում մենք հասել եւ գերազանցել այն, այս նպատակը այս շփhat շրջանի բաշխված վայրերը, պատվաստում են ավելի ցանր դժվարաց համայնքերում ապրող մարդկանց։ Մենք աշխատել ենք բազմաթիվ գործընկերների եւ պրովայդերների հետ այս տարածաշրջաներում ցածր ռեսուրսներով պատվաստումների բազմազան կայքեր ստեղծելու համար։ Ինչպես մենք ներկայացրեցինք ամբողջ համաճարակի ընթացքում, այս վիրուսից, եւ համար, ավելի լուջ ռիսկեր են, են թարվում շատ լուրջ հիվանդությունների եւ COVID-19-ով մահվան Համակներում կան ավելի քան 100 տեղամասեր, որոնք առավել շատ են ծուջվել։ Գույցուն ունեն պատվաստումների ավելի քան 375 է, այս جره کاری از تا سرکو 1000 و چهار انسان انتانور دغدغ برج نبود. با 10000 جره کاری دغدغ چاپره که گزارشن یوت با چهارشنبه ژانویی کاکر اوب. لس آنجلس کاکاین کاکری با իսկ դեղատները ավելի քան 40000 դրամ մենք շարունակում ենք ավելացնել հատկացումները համայնքի այս կայքերին համոզվելու համար որ մեր առավել տուժած համայնքները սпасար գող մատակարարողները կկարողանան պատվաստել ավելի շատ մարդկանց անցած շարժական թիմերը այս շափատվա անթացքում դստանան 48190 դեղաբաժիններ որըz գալու են ավելացել է քան որ մենք ունենք ավելի շատ թիմեր, որոնքի վիճակեն ցտացել կայքեր օգնելու դժվար շarjվող թղամասերում գտնվողների։ Պատվաստումներ մատակարողների շրջանում պատվաստելու շատ քան Մենք کنن میان باورار چپا մոտ 312 հանդիպումների համար։ Մեր մեծ հզորության պատվաստումների هم است. այս حضورتام կարող են ապահովել 195 شابات کارو گنباهوبل. کارو این نسون چند هزار لراتو تیج دغات شاب. یته باورار ماتا کاردم لینی. انش پس ناخوش شابات Այսօր երկու շաբաթի մարտի 8-ին եւ այս շաբաթ 3-շաբթի եւ օրերին շրջանի վայրերում նշանակումներ նախատեսնված են սննդի եւ գյուղատնտեսության ոլորտում աշխատող մարդկանց համար։ 4-շաբթի օրը արտակարգ աշխատող մարդկանց համար նշանակումները հասանելի շրջանի վայրերում։ باشتر جانی վայրերում کامران բացեն 65-ից եւ ավել բարձր տարիքի մարդկանց համար։ Շապատ օրը تاریخی مارکانس هم هست. شابات ور و خنام کی یه کرتی چهام ولرت مارکانس هم هست. نشانه کم نر کل نین باشتر جانی مات کاروکچون Փաճա շրջանը ամբողջ Պատվաստան Պատվաստանյութերի հայորավոր այլ վայրերում ներառալ՝ տեղատներ եւ հայանկերեսի շատ կլինիկաներ նշանակումներ կարող են կատարել ցանցացած Los Angeles շրջանի բնակիչների կամ աշխատողների, որոնք բավարարում են իրավասության որ գտնվում ենք որտեղ մենք մեծ լավատեսություն ունենք։ Մենք առաջընթաց են գրանցում մեր բնակիշների պատվաստման հարցում, դեպքերի հոսպիտալացման եւ նվազում են, եւ մենք ամենայն հավանականությամբ տեղափոխվում ենք դանդաղ, մեր չճանա պատրոթել եւ ընտրել չհավակվել մարդկանց հետ, ում հետ մենք չենք ապրում։ Դա նշանակում է նաեւ դիմակ բրել եւ հերավորություն պահանել, երբ որ գտնվում եք տանից դուրս եւ ուրիշների շրջապատում։ Եկեք շարունակենք այս դրական շարժը, որը ցի մեր բոլոր երեխաները կարողանան հնարավորինս անվտանգ շարունակել կանխել եւ փրկել Thank you. Now the remarks in Korean.
6: 안녕하십니까. 먼저 3월 10일, 우리 LA 카운티에서 COVID-19로 첫 번째 사망자가 있었던 때로부터 1주년이 되는 날임을 알려드립니다. 안타깝게도 1년 후 2만 2천 명이 넘는 우리의 조부모들, 어머니, 아버지, 누나, 형, 친구, 또 직장 동료들이 LA 카운티에서 이 치명적인 바이러스로 목숨을 잃었습니다. 코비드 이전에는 LA 카운티에서의 주 사망 원인이 관상동맥성 심장 질환이었습니다. 2020년 3월 1일부터 2021년 2월 22일까지 LA 카운티에서 1961명이 관상동맥성 심장 질환으로 사망하였는데, 1년간 코비드 코비드19로 사망한 사람들의 절반이 되는 수치입니다. 참으로 이 엄청난 비극과 불행의 애도를 표하는 바입니다. 오늘 발표된 CDC 지침에 대해서 알려드리겠습니다. 지침에 따르면 백신 접종을 마친 사람들은 다른 백신 접종을 마친 사람들과 실내에서 소규모로 마스크를 쓰거나 거리를 두지, 거리 두기를 따르지 않아도 모일 수 있다는 점입니다. 백신 접종을 마쳤다는 것은 파이저나 모더나 백신의 두 번째 접종을 받으신지 2주나 그 후, 혹은 존슨앤존슨 백신을 접종을 한번 받으신지 2주나 그 이상 된 상태를 말합니다. 백신 접종을 마친 사람들은 한 가정에서 심각한 코비드 19 병에 걸릴 확률이 적은 백신을 받지 않은 사람들을 방문하여서 마스크를 쓰거나 거리 두기를 유지하지 않아도 됩니다. 예를 들어서 백신 접종을 마친 조부모가 백신 받지 않은 손 자녀들을 방문할 수 있는데 손 자녀들이 질환이 기저질환이 없다면 그렇게 할수 있습니다. 백신 접종을 마친 사람들은 공공장소에서는 여전히 마스크를 쓰고 거리두기를 유지해야 합니다. 또한 여러 가정에서 백신 접종자 가운데 있거나 비백신 접종자 가운데 있거나 코비드 COVID-19 질병에 걸릴 위험이 큰비 백신 접종자 가운데 있거나 심각한 코비드 19 질병에 걸릴 위험이 큰비 백신 접종자가 있는 가정을 방문할 때 그렇게 해야 합니다. 백신 접종을 마친 사람들은 무증상 감염에 걸리거나 코비드 19로 다른 사람에게 확산시킨 가능성이 적다는 연구조사가 있었습니다. 그러나 더 많은 연구가 필요하기 때문에 백신 접종이 이루어지는 가운데 계속 예방조처를 따르는 것이 중요합니다. LA 카운티에서는 이러한 CDC의 지침들을 고려하여 LA 카운티 지침을 업데이트하게 될 것입니다. 오늘 어 데일리 수치를 말씀드리겠습니다. 오늘 보고된 케이스 수와 사망자 수는 주말에 보고가 지연되어 있음을 상기시켜 드리는 바입니다. 유감스럽게도 오늘 13명의 새로운 사망자 수가 보고되었고 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 코비드19 관련 사망자 수는 22,041명입니다. 이 중에 한 명이 80세 이상으로 기저질환이 있었습니다. 4명은 65세에서 79세 사이로 기저질환이 모두 있었습니다. 5명은 50에서 64세 사이이고 모두 기저질환이 있었습니다. 3명은 30에서 49세 사이로 모두 기저질환이 없었습니다. 오늘 880개의 새로운 케이스가 보고되었고, LA 카운티에서의 총 케이스 수는 120만 4,018개입니다. 1,132명이 현재 COVID-19로 병원에 입원해 있으며, 31%는 중환자실에 입원해 있습니다. 오늘까지 590만 명 이상이 테스트를 받았으며, 누적 확증률은 19%입니다. 7일 평균 1일 케이스 수는 계속 줄어들고 있는데 2월 28일에 약 700개였습니다. 이제 1일 케이스 수는 급증 전으로 돌아왔습니다. 이것은 매우 좋은 소식이지만 나라 전체에서의 어떤 주에서는 케이스 수가 증가하는 것을 보고 있었기 때문에 계속 감소하는 것이 당연한 일이 되진 않습니다. LA 카운티는 거품 안에 있는 것이 아닙니다. 우리 나라의 다른 곳에서 케이스 수가 증가하면 캘리포니아 주에서도 증가할 수 있습니다 백신이 물론 보호막이 되지만 아직 충분한 수의 사람들이 백신 접종을 받지 않았기 때문에 또 다른 비참한 케이스 급증을 막기 위해선 계속해서 마스크와 거리 두기 또손 씻기와 같은 우리가 가지고 있는 도구들을 잘 사용해야 할 것입니다 2020년 3월 1일부터 2021년 2월 28일까지 케이스 수와 병원 입원자 수, 사망자 수가 계속 줄어들고 있지만 이제 곧 학생들이 봄방학을 맞이하게 되고 부활절이나 패소버와 같은 축일들이 다가오면서 함께 살지 않는 사람들과 여행을 하거나 모이고자 하는 그런 유혹들을 물리쳐야 합니다. 지난 땡스기빙과 또 겨울에 있었던 축일들을 볼때 여행을 하는 것과 모이는 것이 얼마나 위험한지 증거들을 볼수 있었습니다. LA 카운티에서는 세 명당 한 명이 가까운 사람이 사망하였거나 코비드 식구로 병원에 입원하게 되었습니다. 지난 금요일 주 정부에서는 더 안정한 경제를 위한 청사진의 업데이트를 하였습니다. 카운티에서 케이스류과 확증률, 또한 건강한 지역 지표 즉 healthy places index에서 낮은 점수를 받은 지역들의 확증률에 대해 더해 지원이 낮은 지역에서의 백신 접종 수가 추가되었습니다. 이전의 세 가지 수치와는 달리 백신 접종 수는 주정부 차원에서 계산될 것이며 카운티가 티어 단계를 올라가는 데 있어서 케이스류를 바꾸는 데 사용이 될 것입니다. 주정부에서 헬시플레이스 인덱스에서 낮은 점수를 받은 커뮤니티에서 200만 개의 백신 주사가 접종이 되고 나면 보라색 티어에서 빨간색 티어로 갈수 있는 기준점이 10만 명당 1곱에서 10만 명당 10로 바뀌게 됩니다. 오렌지 티어로 가기 위해서는 기준점은 10만 명당 4 케이스이고 노란색 티어는 10만 명당 1 케이스입니다. 주정부에서 헬스이플레이스 인덱스에서 낮은 점수를 받은 커뮤니티에 400만 개의 백신이 접종이 됐을 때, 보라색 티어에서 빨간색 티어로 가는 기준점은 10만 명당 10 케이스이지만, 오렌지 티어로 가기 위한 기준점은 10만 명당 4개에서 10만 명당 6 케이스로 바뀌게 되고, 노랜, 노란색 티어로 가기 위해서는 10만 명당 1 케이스에서 10만 명당 2 케이스로 바뀌게 됩니다. 지난주에 LA 카운티에서의 케이스류는 10만 명당 10 케이스 미만이었습니다. 만약에 이번 주에 케이스 역시 계속해서 10만 명당 10 케이스 미만이게 되면 48시간 이내로 주정부에서는 백신 유발 수치가 맞았음을 발표하고 LA 카운트를 비롯한 케이스 자격이 갖춘 카운티들에서 빨간색 티어로 갈수 있도록 허용을 할 것입니다. 우리는 현재 슈퍼바이즈 보드와 다른 파트너들과 함께 빨간색 티어에 맞는 보건 담당자 명령을 수정할 준비를 하고 있습니다. 금요일에 주정부에서는 4월 1일부터 라이브 야외 콘서트와 놀이동산 또 야외 스포츠 행사를 다시 재개하는 계획을 발표하였습니다. 4월 1일부터 보라색 티어에 있는 카운티에서는 이러한 야외 활동이 100명 이하로 예약이 필수이고 또한 휴식 시간을 허용하지 않게 될 것입니다. 행사가 열리는 곳에 사는 사람들만 참석하도록 허가될 것인데, 빨간색 티어에서는 야외 활동이 20% 용량으로 재개할 수 있고 같은 주에서만 방문을 할수 있으며 자리에 앉아 있는 상태에서만 휴식 시간이 허용될 것입니다. 카운티가 덜 제한적인 티어로 갈 때마다 허가된 총 인원 역시 늘어나게 될 것입니다. 빨간색 티어에 있는 카운티에서는 놀이동산이 15% 용량으로 열수 있는데 같은 주에서만 방문객이 허용이 되고 카운티가 덜 제한적인 티어로 갈 때마다 허용된 총 인원수가 늘어나게 될 것입니다 시리즈에서 최근 발표한 연구조사에 따르면 2020년 3월부터 12월까지 식상에서, 식당에서 식사를 허용하는 것과 마스크를 사용하는 것과 관련된 주 정부 지침에 어떤 영향을 미치는지를 조사하였습니다. 3,142개의 카운티에서 식당에서 식사하는 것을 허용하는 것과 케이스룰의 증가에 관련이 있다는 것을 알게 되었는데 마스크가 필수로 하는 지침은 실행된 지 20일 내로 카운티 내에서 일일 케이스료과 사망률이 감소하는 것을 보았습니다. 식당에서 식사를 허용하는 것을 재개한 지 41일에서 80일 안에 케이스류가 사망률이 증가하는 것을 보게 되었습니다 그러므로 마스크를 필수로 하는 지침과 식당에서 식사를 하지 못하도록 하는 것이 바이러스의 노출을 줄이고 커뮤니티 내에서의 확산을 줄였음을 볼수 있습니다 이러한 증거들은 마스크를 쓰는 것이 확산을 늦추고 목숨을 살린다는 것을 증명하며 대부분의 사람들이 백신 접종을 받을 때까지 우리는 계속해서 공공장소에서 다른 사람 곁에 있을 때 마스크를 사용하는 것이 요구될 것입니다. 빨간색 티어 아래에서 7학년부터 12학년까지의 대면 수업을 재개하기 위해 학교들을 허용하는 준비를 하고 있습니다. 학교에서 학생들을 준비시키면서 업데이트된 헬오샤 코비드19 예방 프로그램과 CDPH COVID-19 학교 지침 체크리스트를 포함한 주정부 COVID-19 안전계획 CSP를 학교와 디스트릭 웹사이트에서 문을 열기 전에 5일 전까지 게시를 해야 합니다. 만약 주정부에서 LA 카운티에서 7학년부터 12학년이 다시 문을 여는데 3월 17일부터 허용이 된다고 발표를 한다면 학교나 디스트릭에서는 업데이트된 CSP를 웹사이트에 3월 17일에 재개하기 위해서는 적어도 3월 12일에, 어, 게시를 해야 한다는 것입니다. 학교들에서는 업데이트된 LA 카운티 영업 재개 설문조사와 K부터 12학년 학교를 위한 프로토콜을 신청해야 하는데, 설문조사는 간단한 온라인 서류로서 보건국에서 카운티에서 영업 재개 과정을 관리하고 각 학교에 연락을 하여서 필요한 도움을 베풀고, 또 안전하게 재개할 수 있도록 학교들을 방문하기 위한 것입니다. 영업을 재개하는 각 학교마다 따로 설문조사를 제출해야 합니다. 영업을 재개하는 각 학교마다 또한 따로 프로토콜을 학교 혹은 디스트릭 웹사이트와 학교 장소에 실제로 게시를 해야 합니다. 학교들과 디스트릭에서는 자격 있는 엔지니어가 HVAC 시스템을 잘 운영되는지 가장 최상의 환기 상태를 위해서 확인하는 일이 필요합니다. 7에서 12학년들의 학생 수에 대한 지역 지침은 24시간 내로 확인 가능하실 것입니다. 3월 4일까지 241만 5,460명이 백신을 접종받았고 이중 81만 4,593명은 두 번째 접종까지 마친 상태입니다. 현재 접종 자격이 있으신 분들은 의료 서비스 종사자, 장기 요양 시설에 거주하는 거주민 또 직원들, 65세 이상, 또 교육과 보육 종사자, 식품과 농업 종사자, 응급 서비스 종사자, 법 집행 기관 종사자 분들입니다. 현재 데이터 시스템은 직업별로 얼마나 백신 접종을 받았는지는 알수 없지만 지난주까지 65세 이상의 LA 카운티 주민분들 중에 58%가 적어도 한번 이상의 접종을 받았으며 30%는 두 번째 접종까지 마친 상태입니다 참기시켜 상기시켜 드릴 점은 65세 이상이신 분들은 가능한 빨리 예약을 하시기 바랍니다 많은 이웃들의 약국들에서도 예약을 하실 수 있습니다 또한 온라인 예약 시스템 사용이 어려우시다면 저희 콜센터 833-540-0473으로 전화하실 수 있습니다. 아침 8시부터 저녁 8시 반까지 주 7일 사용이 가능한 콜센터 번호였습니다. 주정부에서는 카운티에서 적어도 40%의 백신 주사가 헬스플레이스 인덱스에서 가장 낮은 점수인 커뮤니티에 분배되도록 요구하고 있는데 LA 카운티에서는 이미 이 목표를 달성하였습니다. 이번 주에 카운티의 55%의 백신 주사가 가장, 가장 타격이 큰 커뮤니티에 살고 있는 사람들에게 접종될 수 있도록 그 장소들에 분배되었습니다. 가장 타격이 큰 지역에는 100개 이상의 접종 장소들이 마련되었습니다. 이번 주에 받은 31만 2천 개의 백신 도스 가운데 88 38% 즉 11만 9,200개는 이번 주에 두 번째 접종을 받으셔야 하는 분들을 위해서 따로 떼어 놓았습니다. 나머지 19만 3,490개는 각 업종에서 첫 번째 예약을 위해서 떼어 놓았는데. 교육 부문에 21%, 응급 대응 부분에 4%, 식품 농업 부분에 24%, 65세 이상이신 분들을 위해 26%, 그외 현지 자격이 있으신 1B 그룹에 포함되시는 분 모두를 위해 26%를 떼어 놓았습니다. 이번 주에 54,000개의 존슨앤존슨 백신이 많은 커뮤니티 클리닉과 약국들, 병원들 그리고 카운티 장소와 모빌 팀에서 사용되었습니다. 65세 이상이 주민이신 분들 가운데 가장 큰 문제는 집에만 계시는 분들이 백신 접종을 받을 수 있도록 하시는 건데 현재 시청과 소방부 그리고 건강보험 등과 협력하여 백신을 받으실 수 있는 분들을 확인하는 일을 하고 있습니다. 식품과 농업 부분에서는 유니언과 커뮤니티 기반 단체, 종교 단체들과 협력하여 사람들이 백신 접종을 맞을 수 있도록 등록하는 일을 도와드리고 있습니다. 대규모 접종 장소들에서는 각 부문의 종사자들을 위해 특정한 날을 정해서 백신 접종을 하고 직장 내에 있는 클리닉과 모빌팀에서는 각 직원들이 직장에 있을 때 접종하기 위해서 노력하고 있습니다. 이미 말씀드렸듯이 식품과 농업 종사자들이 백신 접종에 적합한지 확인하는 방법이 많이 있고 정부에서 발행한 아이디가 아니어도 된다는 점 다시 한번 알려드립니다 또한 백신 접종 관련 내용이 언어적으로 또 문화적으로 적합한 통로로 사용 가능하도록 노력하고 있습니다 응급 대응 부문을 위해서 법원과 dwp 그리고 다른 장체들과 함께 협력하여 누가 자격이 있는지 알수 있도록 하고 백신 접종을 받도록 하고 있습니다 교육과 조기 부 보육 부분에서는 대규모 접종 장소에서 특정 날에 사립학교와 조기 보육 시설에 일하는 사람들이 백신을 접종할 수 있도록 하고 있고 학교 디스트릭에서 접종하는 파트너들에게도 적당한 백신을 배분하고 있습니다. 이 모든 일들은 엄청난 공동 작업과 협동이 요구되는데 모든 그룹들이 백신 접종을 받을 수 있도록 일하고 계신 모든 분들께 감사드립니다. 지난주와 마찬가지로 오늘 월요일, 3월 8일, 그리고 화요일, 목요일에는 카운티 장소에서 식품과 농업에 종사하시는 분들을 위해 예약을 하실 수 있습니다. 수요일에는 카운티 운영 장소에서 응급 서비스 종사자들을 위해 예약을 하실 수 있습니다. 금요일에는 카운티 운영 장소에서 65세 이상인 분들을 위해 예약을 하실 수 있습니다. 토요일에는 조기 보육과 고, 교육 부분에 있는 종사자들이 카운티 대규모 접종 장소에서 예약을 하실 수 있습니다. 일요일에는 사립학교와 농장에서 일하시는 분들을 위해서 예약이 가능합니다. 약국이나 커뮤니티, 클리닉과 같은 수백 곳의 다른 접종 장소에서는 LA 카운티 주민이면 누구나 혹은 자격 있는 업종 종사자 누구에게나 예약을 하실 수 있습니다. 자격이 없는 주민이나 다른 업종의 종사자들은 아직 접종을 받으실 수 없습니다. vaccinatelaccounty.com에 들어가셔서 누가 자격이 있는지 또 차례가 되었을 때 어떻게 예약을 할수 있는지 또 백신 접종을 위해 어떤 증명 서류를 구비하셔야 하는지 보실 수 있습니다. 백신 접종은 언제나 무료이고 자격 있는 주민과 종사자들에게는 이미 신분과 관계 없이 접종 받으실 수 있다는 점을 다시 한번 상기시켜 드리는 바입니다. 마지막으로 우리는 지금 팬데믹 가운데서 낙관적인 상태인데 우리 모든 주민들이 백신 접종을 받고 케이스 수와 입원자 수또 사망자 수가 감소하고 있으며 덜 제한적인 티어로 갈수 있는 가능성이 크기 때문입니다. 그러나 이 진보를 계속하기 위해서는 확산을 늦추는 것이 우리의 매일매일 생활의 일부가 되어야 합니다. 이 말은 함께 살고 있지 않은 사람들과 함께 모이거나 여행하지 않기로 결정하는 것이 포함됩니다. 또한 이 말은 마스크를 쓰고 집 밖에서 다른 사람들 근처에 있을 때 거리 두기를 유지하는 것을 뜻합니다. 계속해서 우리는 이 긍정적인 탄력을 계속 추진하여 우리 모든 자녀들이 안전하게 학교로 돌아가고 병에 걸리지 않고 또 우리의 목숨을 살릴 수 있도록 합시다. 감사합니다. Next Ellen Chong will brief
7: in Mandarin. Thank you. Thank you. 在为洛县居民注射疫苗方面我会介绍现阶段时刻注射疫苗群的新冠病毒给我们带来了巨大的悲痛以接种第二剂的人群在两星期后包括辉瑞和莫丹娜疫苗中的其他成员避免中型的和大型的聚会 现在看来, 现在我为大家更新相关的数据很不幸 今天我先又有13人因新冠病毒去世 22041人 65岁到 79岁之间 五人的年龄介于五十岁到六十四岁之间这样落线总病例就达到了其中有 31 做了调查,这些机构均有至少一个已知新冠病毒患者 其中 55889人 落线有超过 19 2月 700 但我们必须要牢记不注意预防另一大 2020年 3月 1号到 2021年 2月 28号 新天病例住院人寿或死亡人寿的变化趋势证明了节日期间旅行或聚会的危险性随着上百万只疫苗的到达越来越多的人将会有机会增加这一层格外的防护所以在接种疫苗之前请大家相互照顾贫困地区的承扬率在三项指标外增加了第四项州政府将会把目前从紫色梯层 10人 4人 每每 6人 2人 仍然保持在 4月 以及主题公园都可以开启 4月 100人 而乙坛进入红色梯层 20 15 并各行业部门一带修订包括加州新冠安全预防措施 3月 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 两百四十一万五千四百六十剂疫苗给我们提供相关行业的接种资料 长者中有58% 已至少接种了第一剂 30 对那些尚未接种的州政府要求这星期至少 40 所以超过了州政府的要求被当做第二剂注射余下的 26 更新第一对我们规定了专门为食品和农业部门接种的天数让那些食火接种的人群知道他们是可以接种疫苗的以上这些需要做大量的协调和合作今天 3月 星期三将会留个紧急服务部门这些所有的疫苗接种点 this This concludes for today. Thank you.
0: This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health Podcast.